understand, Nigel, you and David originally started the band uh, back in, when was it, 1964? Well, before that, we were in different groups. I was in a group called The Creatures, which was a skippable group. I was in Lovely Lads. Yeah. And then we looked at each other and said, so well, no, we might as well not. join up, you know. And uh, So we became uh, the originals. Right. And uh, we had to change our name, actually. Well, there's, a, there's another group in the East End called the Originals, and uh, we had to rename ourselves. And the New Originals. New Originals, yeah. and then uh, they became the Regulars. They changed their name back to the Regulars, and we thought, well, we could we could go back to the Originals about what's the point. We became the Thamesmen at that point. Your first drummer was... Uh, the Beeper. John Stumpy Peeps. Oh, yeah. Great, great uh, tall, blonde geek with glasses. Yeah. Uh, good drummer. Great look. Good drummer. Good, yeah. Good yeah, drummer. Fine. What happened to him? He died. He he died in a bizarre gardening accident some years back. It's really one of those things. It was, you know, the authorities said, you know, best leave it, you know, not to unsolved, yeah. really. You know. And he was replaced by. Uh, Stumpy Joe. Eric Stumpy Eric Joe Childs. And what happened to Stumpy Joe? Well, uh, it's not a very pleasant story, but no. um, he's, uh, he, he died, uh, he choked on, uh, the, the, the official explanation was he choked on vomit. It's actually, uh, it was actually someone else's vomit. It's not, exactly. you know, there's no real... Well, they can't yeah, prove so whose vomit it was. Yeah. Never, they don't have no, facilities no to, no to print You can't really dust for vomit. Now, during the Flower People period, who was your drummer? Stumpy's replacement, Peter James Bond. He also died in mysterious circumstances. We were playing uh, a uh, festival, and uh, it was tragic, really. He exploded on stage. Just like that. He just went up. He just was like a flash of green light. And that was it. Nothing was left. It was fake. Well, there was. It's that, true. This, it this truly did happen. There's a little green globule on his drum seat. It's like a stain, really. It was, it was a small stain. stain in a globule, yeah. actually. And you know, it was several, you know, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported. Right. Yeah. Your hand itches, aren't you going to get my money? Palm, my palm is itching. But it's also the back of your hand. Yeah. No, that's it. Oh. Why, hello, it's four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11. Maybe you'll get MS and win the lottery on the same day. Thanks, Chris. I'm just trying to make a have out of a have not, Sarah. Uh, in any event. No, it's, it's dengue fever. That's what it is. Um, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of February of the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and dust-filled studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. I'm going to come in and vacuum this weekend. And I should say, first and foremost, is not a knock on the engineers, because, of course, it's not their job to come in and clean things. I'm simply saying that while we're very happy with the studio, I have come to this realization, and it sort of occurred to us today, because, Sarah, everybody's fine. As long as we're walking around somewhere else, and this really is a great studio, but I don't think it's ever really cleaned by anybody but Tim. And Tim, God bless him, only cleans the countertops, the keyboards, the microphones, the mice, and the control panel. 
Um, that leaves the floor, the walls, the ceiling, the carpet, and the drapes. And the, yeah, the giant curtains behind me. And I think that the, the janitors, well, first of all, I'm not even sure that the cleaning staff comes down here. I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I know that I've seen things in the trash can for 8, 9, 10, 12 days in a row. Just sitting in there fermenting like so much cellophane cheese. Uh, it, but I'm pretty sure that the, that the cleaning staff has sort of been terrified into not really cleaning anything here because you, you're coming to a radio studio. If you push the wrong button, you know, suddenly you're running, you know, Ed Hume's garden line all night. So you don't want to do that. Um, so, but as a result, I don't think this studio is sort of, you know, cleaned ever, like in the strictest sense of the word. So we're all fine until we walk into here. And then Sarah begins coughing and sneezing. I start scratching myself and blowing my nose. And then Tim just starts taking out one Purell handy wipe after another and filing down the cabinets until there's nothing left but dust. So, anywho, I'm going to come in and vacuum the studio this weekend. That's how exciting my life is. While you all are doing whatever with friends and loved ones, watching a game perhaps, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to vacuum the carpet. And I'm going to dust those shelves over there, too. What about the curtains? What are you going to do about the curtains? I don't really know how to clean the curtains. I don't think my vacuum cleaner has... I'm sure this is a gripping conversation. Right I believe there. they're machine washable. Radio Land. Uh, yeah, but I don't know how to get them down off the... Uh, do those poles just come... Are they just hung up there? Yeah, it looks like they're up on brackets. So I could take the poles out of the brackets, slide the curtains off the poles, wash them, and That's then cool. bring them back. You know, those curtains were hundreds of dollars. You have no idea how expensive those curtains were. I was with Jeff McGinley when he went to Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever it was to buy those. They were. You could, you could have gone to a fabric store and got them at like half price. Yeah, well, we did have this whole scheme. I'm sorry for boring everybody by talking about the drapes in the studio. I know that's the way to ratings. And... Welcome to HG Radio. <laughs> Broadcasting in glorious HG. I am, by the way, stealing that thing that guy said yesterday. From, day on, from today on. Hey, the Rick Emerson Show is broadcasting in glorious ADHD. So there you go. Mm. That's funny. Obvious, but funny. Um, yeah, there, there was this talk initially. If you guys, if anybody, if you've been to the studio, you've seen that we're in this sort of dimly lit Charlie Rose room, and in the back behind where Sarah sits, and I really do like the way it looks, it is one, two, or three sets of, of these black drapes that I really do quite like. Uh, they give the studio sort of a good, solid, you know, sort of... Darkness. Sort of, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, sort of a nice black template here. We originally had designed... Uh, we had designed this whole thing where we were going to have... It was going to look like movie curtains in yeah, the Yeah, I think it would have looked good in, like, a light gray. It, well, we were going to like go a with... a mid-tone gray. We were going to go with black and crimson at one point. You know, like they have at the movie theater. Uh, we, this is why you're a radio host, my dear, and not an interior decorator. Well, not maybe not crimson, but I mean, you know, we was gonna look like we were gonna try to make it look like when you go to a theater to see a play of some kind. Oh, like Twin Peaks red drapes. Curtain? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Not okay. not like black and crimson stripes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like if you go exactly like if you go to the old school sort of Radio City Music Hall thing, and they have uh, they have the big red theater curtains that come down. That's what we wanted it to look like because we thought it would be add to the whole showbiz element of the whole thing. I like that idea. Uh, but yeah, but it was like you have no idea how much that would have been. Like it, it more than double the cost. And so finally, because I'm me, I just went screw it, all black. <laughs> I just pulled a, I pulled an Emerson, and just went with black because I know that goes with everything. Anywho. Uh, and plus, we can stain with impunity in here. It'll remain relatively unseen. So I'm going to come in and vacuum this weekend. There you go. That's like a five-second conversation we managed to make into 12 minutes. That's what we do here at the Rick Emerson Program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to be a part of the program today. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your thoughts on the year of the rat. 
which I think starts today, does it not? It is, the year of the rat. Richie came in with clutching some weird Asian money in his hand today. Uh, into the office. And Tim heard him uh, speaking in tongues. Yeah, but... Now, look, I don't mean to seem culturally ignorant here. Now, I thought the year of the rat was a Chinese thing. Is it not? Is it is it all of Asia? Oh, you got me. See, I don't really know. Because Richie is, to the best of my knowledge, Vietnamese. Yes, he is. And so, but he came in today, and I swear to you, he, and he was speaking in some speaking in some bizarre foreign tongue. Uh, but he, he came in and he said, oh, I got these for... And I said, what? And he goes, you know, if, if you go, you know, if he said, if you go to Chinatown... You know, somebody, you know, today, somebody will come up and they will give you these for... And I said, for what again? And, it was, and I think it was like he was speaking the name of the new year, but I think he was speaking it in its native tongue, which I do believe would be Chinese, which is bizarre because he's not Chinese, I don't think. So it's all very confusing. But you know what? But we'll get everybody up to speed uh, in terms of cultural literacy uh, later on. Richie will come in and he will give us sort of, sort of an idiot's guide to the year of the rat later. Uh... Let's see. Anyway, so it's 503-733-2970. You want to be a part of the program with your comments, fetches, uh, clarifications, two cents. Lisa Desjardins joining us today. Uh, she's covering that, uh, you know, the tornado and the weather and the, the whatnot. None of that really matters to me so much as it, as it matters to me that Mitt Romney dropped out of the, uh, I'm sorry, he suspended his presidential campaign today. Nobody quits. No. Nobody He'll quits. be back. Nobody quits. They either pursue other opportunities or they suspend operations. Although I think if you are John Edwards, I don't think John Edwards suspended operations. I think he said, for now, I must step aside. I think he stepped aside. Mitt Romney suspended. Other people pursue future endeavors. Uh, anyway, so Lisa Desjardins will join us about that, which I guess seals it for McCain. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. So why why do we ha have an election, really? Uh, really? Well, <laughs> well, just do it for the Democrats, because Hillary and Obama, like, running... Oh, man, did you see that Hillary had to lend herself $5 million? I know. That's too bad. She had to lend herself $5 million. I mean, I guess I can't feel too bad for her, because she, you know, had $5 million to lend herself. But on the other hand, you see that she lent her own campaign $5 million. Obama raising a million dollars a day. Oh, suck that. Damn. Yeah. I mean, whatever you, whatever anybody thinks about Obama, you got to give it up for that. Obama is raising a million dollars a day. Mm -hmm. I got to get me some of that. I got to figure out a way to do that. I got to run for something. Anyway, uh, Steve Kastenbaum joining us uh, later on today. We'll have. Um, I know we said this yesterday, but we'll have. I think that the final word about the Heath Ledger thing only because I want to ask him if he knows anything about these hideous. You know, these, like, death photos that are being peddled around town. Uh, and, you know, not that I want to see him, and I really don't. I just, I'm curious to see if he's heard about it or if anybody's offered it to CNN. Uh, it is sort of interesting. I saw Dr. Drew on um, Larry King last night. Oh, God, did you see Larry King talking to, um, did you see Larry King talking to Ari Fleischer? And he had one of those malapropisms that, that, like, only Larry King could really say. Let's see if I have it here. See if I have Larry King saying this stupid thing. It's what it's not like the funniest thing he's ever said, but it's just one of those things that doesn't make any sense. Uh, let me play this here just a second. This is him talking to Dee Dee Myers wraps this up, and then Larry goes over to Larry goes over to Ari Fleischer and I think asks him to quote put on his crystal ball. Hillary Clinton had to loan herself five million dollars in January uh, to keep her campaign competitive through Super Tuesday, so we'll see what happens. It's, it's an awfully exciting race. Wait for it. Uh, and who knows where it ends. Uh, where does it end, Ari? Put your crystal ball on. After <laughs> <laughs> you finish putting food on your family. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Laura didn't understand why it was so funny. She's like, I don't get it. And I said, it's like Bush saying put food on your family. Put your crystal ball on. <laughs> <laughs> and my whole thing is, I'm already wearing both my crystal balls, Larry. <laughs> 
<laughs> and my thing was trying to figure out what Larry King was really trying to say. I mean, I understand look into your crystal ball, but put your crystal ball on. Like, what was Larry attempting to say there? Like, that's sort of a... Sounds like something somebody wore to the Oscars. It's sort of a linguistic CSI where you're looking at the evidence and going, what was he trying to do here? Anyway, um, so uh, anyway, so we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum today, see if he can uh, fail again at getting somebody rush tickets. Uh, we do have rush tickets. Uh, another pair of rush tickets today. The rush playing uh, the rush rush playing at uh, the amphitheater at Clark County. Uh, we got the tickets uh, beat the box office with them before you can buy them. That's uh, coming up today. By the way, also glorious bastard of the week right here. The glorious bastard of the week also wins a pair of rush tickets. So you may or may not be the glorious bastard of the week. You got to listen to find out. Uh, so that's coming up. Uh, let's see what else. It's the worst song you've ever heard. Uh, that's on the way. Oh, and I'm going to make it so I don't forget about this. I have proof that there is bad radio everywhere. And by everywhere, I don't mean like just here in Portland or in this country even. I, and you don't need to speak Spanish to understand this. I have proof that bad radio is truly universal. So God bless my wife. She brought some bad radio back from Panama. She was, oh, awesome. she was like riding on a Panamanian bus, which is way more adventurous than I, I am. Riding around town on a Panamanian bus listening to Panamanian FM radio. Listening to, wait for it, a wacky morning show in Panama. Uh, and it was so bad that she immediately turned on the recorder on her MP3 player. She's like, hey, Rick has to hear this. So, which is, that's why she's great. So, uh, in any event. So there you go. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see, ladies and germs, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Okay, I want everyone to listen to this. Here it comes. I entered this race because I love America. And because I love America, in this time of war, I feel I have to now stand aside for our party and no. for our country. That's not true. So John McCain seals the deal as Mitt Romney throws in the towel as he fails to build Mittmentum. <laughs> a suspected Beaverton child molester is found in a closet. Some power lines have blown out in southeast by high winds overnight. Uh, more people get beaten up at the Gresham Max stop. A man is caught going through an estacated woman's underwear drawer. Oh. Oh. oh, it burns. That's a terrible image. Let me read that one more time. A man is caught going through an estacated woman's underwear drawer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 800 vehicles are trapped in a fierce Wisconsin snowstorm. They're all trapped on the interstate, trapped in their cars. We were just discussing this yesterday. How about again? Excellent. That's all on the way. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to Lisa at the bottom of the hour about Mitt Romney. I really am surprised. I have to say that. I didn't think it had happened this early. Well, now his people are putting out word that he'll be back in 2012. <laughs> okay, bye. See you then. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello. How are you today? Hello. Hi, how are things? How's life? You got some uh, Kleenex sticking out of your pocket down there. You I do. Them. Well, right. because it's you get the sneezing and the whatever. I get, like, the death cold no, it, as soon as I walk in here. I, you know, I'm going to ask some of the other jocks down here if they have this issue in their studio. Yeah, I, don't I never sneeze any time except for when I'm in here. Now I feel completely congested. You know what? I wonder if it's all the studios or if it's, if our studio somehow generates... I just think like, we have a lot of... Dirty people. Say it. We have a lot of filthy people Why who come into this it? room. You just said it. We have a filthy, revolting human beings coming into the studio. And I'm not just talking about me. Uh, there are others. 
So, well, in any I event. I just feel like the studio is full of, like, chunks and bad air and, like... It's filled with chunks and evil. Well, and plus it's gross sitting over here because, like, no, not very many people sit over there, but a lot of people sit in this seat where I am. Yeah. Like, there are these giant curtains behind me that are probably, like, catching specks of their food. Blowing their noses in them. I have to say this, by the way. We are not completely without blame because I, I think it was Seamus at some point that sent you a dozen roses. Was that Seamus who did that? Uh, I think so. And the roses sat in the vase uh, about two feet from where you are right now. I finally threw them out the last week. still there. Yeah. I finally threw the roses out. The roses, I do believe, sat there for about three and a half months until they became like one of those bouquets of dead things that Morticia no, Adams no, no. has. They sat there for like a year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to under. I was trying to lowball it. The roses oh, were there no. for several weeks. Okay. So the roses sat there. I mean, way beyond dead, way beyond dry, uh, for a year. So any, I mean, any any given percentage of the dust floating around in the air might be directly attributable to some foliage. It was just sort of half-lifing away over there in the corner. So Well, that's the forgotten dark corner. It is. Well, you know what? I have to say, the studio is so, I do love it, but it's so dimly lit, which in a way, which, I, again, I do like the dimly lit nature of it. It's sort of, you know. It's, it feels like Oregon outside. It's sort of, man, let me ask you this. Did you ever work with somebody who, uh, because radio studios are notorious for always being dimly lit. On-air studios or radio stations are always very dim, where they have the lights turned off or half the lights are burned out. Did you ever work with somebody, though, that was doing middays and they insisted on turning on every light in the studio and all the fluorescents so they'd be able to talk like the people outside who were underneath the sun? Yeah. That's, I used to work with a guy, I won't give his last name, but he called himself The Hammer. His name, his name, was, his name was Scott The Hammer or something. And, man, it, it, it's like, and I would be doing mornings, you know, and the mornings is all, you know, you, even though you're doing sort of a high-energy morning show, you would have a lot of the lights turned down because you don't want to be working under fluorescent lights if you don't have to. And so, but man, at like 10 a.m., he would walk right into the studio to get ready for his shift. He'd walk in with like a big stack of legal pads and CDs and, you know, pens. First thing he would do, bam, turn on all the overhead fluorescent lights, and it would just blind you. Anyway. Um, blah, blah, blah. So Sarah's here and whatnot. I apologize, by the way, for having to play that spinal uh, uh, tap clip at the top of the show there. That's a genius clip. I know. It's great. But, you know, what? I meant to bring in something from the Lost Boys today. So I'm just going to do it tomorrow. It'll be fine because Aaron's here tomorrow anyways. It's kind of a... I was going to bring in... I'll just tip, your, tip my hand a little bit so it won't be a total surprise if you're listening uh, tomorrow. I was going to bring that section for the Lost Boys, which I watched for the first time in a long time this last weekend. On Saturday, I sat on the sofa... And it was, you know, I was flipping by HBO Live, which I almost never do, but it was coming up next, The Lost Boys. And I was, yeah! And I sat there just as good as I remembered. I mean, it's a terrible film in some ways because it's so corny, but they kind of did that at the time. Like, they didn't, the, the great thing about that movie, The Lost Boys, is it doesn't take itself very seriously at all. It is sort of, it is kind of tongue-in-cheek in some ways. But it's that sequence where Corey Haim is in the comic book store, and he's walking around, and the frog brothers are following him. And Corey Haim says, you can't put Superman 86 with Superman 97. They haven't even discovered red kryptonite yet. And he's, like, giving him the whole lecture about Superman. And then Corey Feldman, in I think really what is, like, the greatest line delivery of his career, said, read this comic book. It could save your life. And then it's like that just kill all vampires or destroy all vampires or whatever it is. And then there's that other guy. Who is the other frog brother in The Lost Boys? And whatever became of him? There's Corey Haim. Everybody remembers him. There's Keeper Sutherland, who, as you said, never looked hotter mm. than when he was a vampire. Oh, yeah, he's the hottest There's guy. Alex Winter, who went on to be uh, uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. There's Jason Patrick, who plays um, Corey Haim's older brother, Michael, uh, who went on to be in many films, including Sleepers and Rush. And then, of course, there's Corey Feldman. 
And then there's that guy who plays Corey Feldman's psychic. He's the other frog brother. I have no idea who he is or whatever became of him. I mean, he's like hanging out at somewhere at a club with Ralph Macchio, just staring at the paper, doing doing nothing, looking through the penny saver ads. Anyway, great movie, though. Diane Weist. And then that guy who plays the grandfather, the guy that I always thought was Bruce Dern, and he's not. He's some other guy. That guy at the end of... One thing I always hated about Santa Carla, all the damn vampires. <laughs> Gosh, the best movie. It's, 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 I mean, it's awful, but it's so wonderful. I made some notes to myself about the Lost Boys. This is how great the Lost Boys is. This is the here now the notes. Oh, I made. you know what? That the other brother will be in Lost Boys too. The tribe. Oh my God, you're kidding which me. Which is in post production, playing really Alan Frog. Who directed it? Tell me, it's Joel Schumacher. Uh, let's see. Please tell me that somebody, somebody is anybody else from the original Lost Boys in this? Director uh, Jameson Newlander. Is Corey Feldman in it? Um. Lost Boys Lost 2? Boys really? The Tribe in post-production starring Corey Feldman. Yeah! Lindsay Maxwell, Jameson <laughs> Newlander. <laughs> that's wonderful. Angus Sutherland? Uh, Angus, that's got to be... Like Keeper Sutherland's younger brother Keith, or something? Keeper's, that's got to be like, yeah, Donald's, Donald's younger uh, younger son. It has to be. Because they can't get Kiefer. But, I mean, if you're one of those guys, you know, like Martin Sheen has that brother. Um, God, what is his name? Like Ted Sheen or... Zeppo Sheen, whatever his name is. This movie's going to be awesome because the fourth build person is Lindsay Maxwell as Screaming Girl. Man, I love The Lost Boys is really good. Um, I made some notes to myself about The Lost Boys. I don't care if anybody else is interested in them or not. We're going to read them all now. Note number one. Uh, Lost Boys. When is the last time anybody here saw The Lost Boys? Oh, it's years ago. Okay, I'm going to... like a year ago. Something really weird I noted about this. And again, Rick Emerson, I'm a, you know, I'm an inclusive thinker. I'm just going to make this observation. If you watch The Lost Boys again, pay special attention to the poster that is on the back of Corey Haim's bedroom door. There's several sequences where, like, Diane Weiss comes in, to, you know, to, well, good night, son, and he's, like, reading the Destroy All Vampires comic book. They're on the, you know, in, in boys' rooms now and then and always, boys have pictures of cars or bikini-clad women or sometimes a band or whatever. On the back of Corey Haim's bedroom door in The Lost Boys, is a picture of a like a spiky-haired, greased-up, six-pack-having man with his shirt pulled up to his nipples. What? I swear no. to you, it looks a lot like Rob Lowe, although I don't think it's Rob Lowe. Imagine Rob Lowe wearing like tight white pants and with like a like but it's a, the, the tough button unbuttoned. Sexy you know, life. I. I didn't really stare at it all that long, oh. um, but but I have to say it's like imagine Rob Lowe with like a white tank top that he's sort of like pulling up to his nipples and like making pouty face at the camera. That poster is on the back of Corey Haim's door in The Lost Boys, which is just you know whatever. I, I just never really noticed that. Uh, let's see here. Other note about The Lost Boys, which came out in 1987. Note to self: Lost Boys is great because it tried to make comic book readers cool way before it was fashionable to do so. We've been talking a lot lately about the the mainstreaming of geek culture and about how geeks have slowly kind of taken over the the world. But it, cer it certainly wasn't that way in 1987, and it was kind of daring in 1987 to make the, the presumptive hero of the film a comic book nerd. Because back then, in 1987, it was still not cool to be a comic book dork. So the Lost Boys really did step out, and they did that. Um, okay, by the way, it is Rob Lowe. Okay, so he has a picture of Rob Lowe pulling his, like, showing off his gay, nipples. I'm looking at a gay blog, and it says, well, when I was much younger and I first saw the movie, I remember thinking it was strange that he had a Rob Lowe poster, especially yeah. him in a half shirt on his bedroom closet that, Okay, door. so it was Rob Lowe. So, I mean, you know, which is fine. It's just sort of odd, especially, again, in 1987. I wonder if that's a little bit of... 
I don't know. I wonder if whoever was doing the set design, you know, the production design, the set dresser was, you know, slide that in when nobody's looking. Look over there for a second. <laughs> Rob Lowe poster goes up. What's that? Nothing. Just shoot. Uh, so there you go. Rob Lowe showing off his stomach and, and his his abs and nipples on the back of Corey Haim's door. Um, also, note yourself in the Lost Boys, the other poster visible in Corey Haim's room, yeah, the poster for Reform School Girls, which is like one of the most badass movies ever made. Finally, uh, last note to self about the movie The Lost Boys. Lost Boys is notable uh, because it did introduce into vampire lore the notion, I believe, that in order for you to become a vampire, you must drink the vampire's blood. People think that Buffy the Vampire Slayer did it, but I don't think so. I think The Lost Boys is the first occurrence of that bit of vampire canon, where the vampire kills you and drinks your blood, which does not necessarily make you a vampire. To become a vampire, you must in turn drink the vampire's blood, because that's what Jason Patrick does. He drinks that bottle of wine, which turns out to actually be Kiefer Sutherland's blood. I'm sorry. Okay, so now people are saying that it might not be Corey Haim's poster, because since they're staying with the grandfather, it might have been the grandfather's decoration. That would make it even better. That would make it so much better if it was the grand... I love Rob Lowe. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Mike. Hey, what's up? So, I'm wondering why you were stalking me yesterday. I'm sorry? I said I was wondering why you were stalking me yesterday. Wondering why I was Can stalking... Can you... Are you on a speakerphone or something? Yeah, hold on. All right. <laughs> Nothing's more annoying than a speakerphone. Also, I'm in another room. I actually had you on the Bluetooth. Also, I'm speaking through a coffee can. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, how can I help you, sir? Uh, my father told me that you came by the house yesterday. Ah, yes, about that. Um, <laughs> all right, so... You're stalking people, right? Well, sort of. Uh, we haven't really talked about this a whole lot on the air. Uh, so this is... I mean, we've just sort of not talked about it because it just seemed that whatever, it's a promotional thing. But, yeah, we... Uh, we have started now going out uh, every now and again, and we have started going by the uh, the homes of some folks uh, that are sort of randomly pulled out of our database to thank them for listening. Uh, oh. So, so that's the deal. So last night uh, we pulled I don't know ten, twelve different listeners out of the database, and Terry, who's this girl that works on the street team, and I uh, got on the station vehicle, and we had a bunch of we have a bunch of passes to that new uh, Will Ferrell movie. Uh, Was it uh, All Star Half Team? Half baked. Remember, he's wearing the kooky afro. Whatever. With the yeah, he's like yeah. a basketball player. The basketball movie. The basketball movie with the, the zany sports comedy with Will Ferrell for this year. Um, so we got a bunch of passes to that, and we stopped by the homes of about 10 or 12 listeners last night and just knocked at the door. And they would answer the door, and I'd say, Hi, thanks for listening, and blah, 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 spread the word. Have a movie pass. And so we, so we get to this house last night. Your dad, who in some ways, by the way, does look like the grandfather from the Lost Boys, by the way. We, kn we knock on the door. He comes to the door, and I say, and I say, uh, hi, are you Mike so-and-so? And he says, no. And I said, I look down at the, the sheet, and I look up again, and I say, are you sure you're not Mike so-and-so? And he goes, I'm not. And I said, do you ever listen to the Rick Emerson show or to AM 970? And he says, no, I don't. I don't know what that is. And finally, finally I said, Okay, I swear. I look at him and I say, "It says here on the piece of paper that you listen." He goes, "Oh, you're looking for my son. He doesn't live here anymore." So I guess you had become a glorious bastard at some point and had then moved, and we didn't, you know, we 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 still have the old address. So yeah, so the upshot is, we we went to the house last night looking for you to thank you for listening to give you some movie passes. Your dad answered the door and was thoroughly confused by the whole thing. Well, the funny thing is, is my father. I'm a junior, so he's senior. 
All right, yeah, yeah. That we figured that out at some point, and I, I, I think it might have said junior on the paper, but I just didn't notice it or whatever. So, so yeah, sorry if I freaked night. out your dad. No, it's funny. He, he's like, yeah, some guy came by looking for you, Rick, Rick something or other from <laughs> CBS Radio, and I don't know. And the best part is, is he's telling me this online in World of Warcraft last night. Yeah. That's, those are our people We're right in there. in the middle of a quest, and he goes, oh, by the way. By the way, Orc Lock, uh, Rick Emerson came by the house. That is so great. That's wonderful that he told you while you were playing World of Warcraft. Good for you guys. Yeah, so we uh, we, we dropped by just to thank you for listening. We've been doing that to a few people uh, each week. So. Well, do I still get passes? Uh, I left him with your dad. I think you have to go over and beat him out of him. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, thank you for listening, my friend. Spread the word. Uh, every day. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. So, yeah, so Rick Emerson may be coming to your home. Probably not, but maybe. So, yeah, we stopped by. And I'm so proud of you getting out of the house. Well, yes, I am that lame. That is how little life I have. And I spent my free time last night not with my wife or playing a video game or, in, you know, taking in the culture of this fine city. No, I was literally going door to door to thank people for listening to the show. <laughs> well, thank you for not making Tim and I do it. Yeah. I mean, we would have loved to, of uh-huh. course. All right. Uh, I would say I'm TV's Ed McMahon for Publishers Clearinghouse. Just go by with a big cardboard yeah. a cardboard check for like nine cents. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Steve Castamon coming up. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. You know what else is really good? It's, it's not just, and you're right about that guy looking, it, still talking about the Lost Boys. That muscle-bound, uh, greasy, you know, oiled-up guy playing the saxophone. That it is like a David Lynch thing almost, where it's like it some... It doesn't belong. Yeah, it's like a weird uh, visual dissonance. The other thing about the Lost Boys is, and we were just talking about this during the break, I do think that it adds, and I know that people will accuse me of reading way too much into it, just a dumb monster film, but it adds a weird sort of poignancy to it that, it that all of those vampire villains are so hopelessly dated now because they've all got the mullets or the big Motley Crue hair... I mean, they all dress like they came right out of the cat house on the Sunset Strip. Because um, clearly, they, you know, they all think that they're these, like, uh, you know, they, they're these villains who all think that they're, you know, going to stay young and beautiful and live forever. And, of course, they all get killed by the end of the film. And so the fact that they have such a dated look from the very beginning now almost makes it kind of poignant in a way. And there's that, and then we'll talk to Lisa in, like, five seconds. There's that one sequence where Jason Patrick is motorcycle racing with Keeper Sutherland. And then Keeper Sutherland takes him, takes him back to the lair, which is that hotel that sank into the earth after an earthquake. And so there, all the vampires are hanging out like at the Vampire Central, which is the ruins of this old hotel. And the only thing that is really preserved well is a huge poster of Jim Morrison on the wall mm. in the back. And it just looks badass. I mean, it is really cool. The whole movie's very cool. Yeah. No, I gotta, kind of obsessing a lot. I'm saying you got to go watch The Lost Boys again if you haven't seen it recently. The end. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. And I'm not even high. Uh, from the Hill, CNN Radio, I'm sorry, from Jackson, Tennessee, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hey, Rick. How's it going? How's life? How are things? Oh, my goodness. What? I mean, what? You, uh, you are getting this from every side in the last day or two. <laughs> it's been wild. You know, it, I have to tell you, probably one of the strangest live chats I've ever done, I did with an Australian radio station um, a few minutes ago. And, you know, I'm standing at Union University. I'm standing literally next to a pyramid of cars that were tossed by this tornado. You can see exactly where the tornado came through. This place is 
basically destroyed, and I'm talking about Mitt Romney. <laughs> it was, it was very, I've got a chainsaw going on behind me. They never asked, what's with the chainsaw? No, I just not. kept talking. Well, you know, really different. let's be honest. From the Australian point of view, they probably figure that Americans are just walking around drunk, clutching chainsaws most of the time anyway, you know? <laughs> What's and I, a, I want to help promote that image abroad. What, it's right. What's with you? Should be sure to tell them you named your cats after the characters in Rocky Four. <laughs> what is it? What's with you in Australia lately? I, you know, I'm feeling the love. I don't know. Some, something's going on. All it's my right. movement. Maybe you, I'm the new cat in the nose. I'm going to start saying. I'm going to start saying you are huge in Australia. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, in any event, I uh, Where to start? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and not you know, and, and not to diminish all this this horrible it was a tornado that happened. So what? Correct me if I'm wrong. So was it two different states or three different cities in one state? Because it all happened on Super yeah. Tuesday, so it sort of got overshadowed. But I mean, it was it was like the, by all accounts the worst uh, in 20 years, right? Yes, the worst in 21 years. And if you look at the death toll right now, around 56 people killed. Uh. And it was across five states. We had deaths in five states from this storm system. And if you look at that number, 56, and compare it to hurricanes of all time, that would place it in the top 30 of all time. Jesus. So it, it was really, it, it, it's really hard to uh, overstress kind of how, what a strong storm system it was. But on the other hand, uh, you know, here at Union University, we're looking at these dorms that were completely obliterated. I just talked to. Uh, some girls who actually were under 10 feet of rubble in a bathroom, they survived. Everyone at this university somehow survived, though these buildings collapsed on, on top of dozens of people. No one was killed here. Most of the people who died, it was out in rural areas where there really wasn't a warning system. And, and unfortunately, your classic case of mobile home deaths or people who were outside, maybe even in their cars, those kinds of situations. But five different states, and we had... Clearly, many tornadoes that were spawned and, and sort of jumped and skipped around. So the damage is very limited. There's probably eight super hot spots. This is one of them, and the rest of the area is fine. You know, you've got the McDonald's across the street is up and running, but but uh, right here, uh, it's a wasteland. I it is uh, not to make everything all about us, but we had you know we had a, a small tornado event that happened here a couple weeks ago, and it it really did freak everybody out because you don't. As somebody pointed out, what you don't really realize is that is that it's that pin uh, pinpoint effect where the yes. the base of the tornado basically picks something up and puts it up into the top of the tornado where it essentially is just blended, and you know, and it, it, yeah. anyway, so it's just it's horrible. Um, well, let's, right. uh, let's I mean, yeah, it's just, I, I, and I don't really know. It would it would sort it, it would be. I would be diminishing the event to, to talk about it and pretend like I had anything really important to say about it. Um, what, I get the other. It's so, it's so it's such a fascinating challenge to describe something like this on radio because I, I can't. The pictures on TV really don't uh, indicate how bad it was. It, it it really was worse for this university. The these built these brick buildings just crumbled into little matchsticks, and it it really is bizarre looking at a pile of pickup trucks, <laughs> you know, and, and overturned cars. It's I don't know. It's it's wild. Well, anybody who ever doubts. Uh, that the uh, this is this is why I always have I won't say very little sympathy, but why I don't I don't spend a tremendous amount of my time worrying about the Earth or the environment because you know what uh, the Earth is like way stronger and more powerful than we could ever <laughs> hope to be in our wildest imaginings. Right. I mean, the exactly. instant we become a big problem for the Earth, the Earth will, uh, as George Carlin once said, the Earth will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. Uh, let's talk exactly. about Mitt Romney today. Whoa, how about a Willard Mitt Romney? I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I mean, I, maybe in, in the, you know, we telescoped out in the next few weeks, but not this morning. And by all accounts, his people didn't see it coming. 
You know, I I have I think once those numbers came in from California, I had a feeling that it, this was going to be the end of the line, and I didn't know if it would be this week or if it would be he'd wait out the weekend and you know maybe hit the Sunday papers or something like that. I you know the numbers in California were just pretty bad for him. He really needed he really needed much more than he got there, and and the fact that Mike Huckabee just completely stormed through the South, swept up all the conservatives essentially. It, it, the, you know, the writing was on the wall, if you want to get biblical with those guys. You know, I gotta, Mitt Romney's got to feel especially pained that he eff- effectively was sort of, uh, he, what is the word I'm looking for? He was he was leveraged out by Mike Huckabee when, of course, Mitt Romney has spent this whole time trying to paint himself as a fiscal conservative, as with lesser degrees of success, as a social conservative. I mean, that has okay. been that has been the, the rock upon which his house was built. And then just to get kicked out of the race by a guy who cooks squirrels inside a popcorn maker. I mean, <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I the, knew you were going to find. No, but I mean, you know what? That is that sure. is a fate of of Greek uh, pr- proportions. I mean, it is a yes. t- so. Um, I mean, do, do you know the number total for how much Mitt Romney spent of his own money? Oh wait, oh please, let me guess. Uh, uh, Mitt Romney, his own money. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to guess incorrectly. I mean, it's got to be double digit millions. So I don't know how much. Fifty million. <laughs> uh, you know what? Fifty million, like five zero. Yes, five zero. Right. Well, any sympathy I ever was going to have for that guy is now gone. Uh, as right, which is which is about the amount. Honestly, here here's a weird segue back just for a second. Is that's about the amount of the damage to Union University. So unfortunately, he had he had a real opportunity to have a university named after him, and uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I uh, not not to be crude about this, but there's a moment in that great documentary, the Penny Baker documentary, The War Room, where Carville yeah. Carville is watching Perot on the night, uh, you know, the, the, the election where you know where Perot did, you know, obviously he got 19 percent or whatever, but didn't really wasn't a, you know didn't win, and spent I don't know 35 million dollars or something of his own money, and Carville really sums it up. Carville says, ladies and gentlemen, you have just witnessed the single most expensive masturbatory act in the history of humanity. <laughs> No. And yes. that's really the the Romney thing. Well, you know, well let's let's transition. I mean, let me stop for a second just to say the well, obvious. So, so this, a, I mean, we're not just great for John McCain. Just yes, get, it, get his name in there. It's done. It's done. Yeah. He is your nominee now. He is signed, sealed, and delivered. And so now the only question is, is Huckabee's uh, con- socially conservative base and the fact that he was able to get the South is that enough to seal the VP for Huckabee? It's possible. It's very. He's, McCain is going to have to think about Huckabee as a vice presidential nominee. But the issue is McCain knows that some people think Huckabee is a little crazy. <laughs> some people think he loves to, you know, boil squirrels in oil. Yes. Well. So I think that that's going to be the issue. But he, it really was remarkable what Mike Huckabee did. It, it, you just can't say that it was an accident. He he really attracted people who believed deeply in him. And and I think it it had to do with his persona. They think he is a genuine guy. And I think they also believe he's he's a real conservative. And the whole IRS thing is is potentially his weakness on a national scale, getting rid of the IRS and having... But certainly not uh, in the South and in the Midwest. And then having a giant sales tax, you know, that's something that John McCain would have to think carefully about if he if he would have Huckabee as his vice president. But he's going to have to look at him. He he does need someone who's more conservative and someone who is from the south would be a great pick. South or Midwest, that's where he's going to have to look. What do you what do you make of all this uh, sort of saber rattling on the far right? 
Yeah, well, if McCain's the nominee, that's it. Where I mean, you get, you know, you get some of the people. Well, if McCain's the nominee, I'm just going to stay home and not vote. That's the Dobson thing. And then you get right. some of the some of the, the crazier uh, nutcases who say, well, if McCain's the nominee, I'll actually vote for Hillary. And I mean, isn't it just a, it's a bunch, it's a bunch of Coulter, bluster? I think is one of those. I was who said that. trying not to use her name, but uh, I knew the word. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's fine. I uh, it's it, but it's a sort of a lot of bluster, don't you think? Like when push comes to shove and November rolls around and Hillary or, or Barack is on the ballot, you know what, they're going to choke it down and they're going to vote for whoever's on the Republican side, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think the large groups of people, especially if Hillary is on the ballot, that's a, it's going to be a big decision for the Democrats because Hillary Clinton on the ballot in some ways will help John McCain. She'll help him look more conservative and she'll, the, the same people I think who don't like John McCain for similar reasons, don't like Hillary Clinton. Not not all the same reasons. She has a whole other set of dynamics that she has to deal with. But they have a similar disregard for them both. But but the level of disregard for Hillary Clinton is so much higher. Yeah. And 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 the level of mistrust. And she has a universal health care plan that conservatives will say that's the beginning of liberals trying to take over my life. She wants to uh, you know put a a beeper in my baby. And uh, control the baby from the White House. And <laughs> this is how she's going to do it. It's through a beeper in every baby. A beeper in every baby. Um, so that, so I think that her as a nominee, uh, she she would you'd still be a very strong nominee, of course, for Democrats. But she she would probably help uh, John McCain more uh, with the conservatives certainly than Barack Obama. They might stay home if Barack Obama was on the ballot, and more likely than with Clinton. Speaking of money with uh, with our friend Mitt Romney, so it, it's, it's got to, I mean, Hillary's got to be pained by, the, by the, the fact that so much attention is being made to Barack's fundraising, which really is exceptional. If this is to be, if what yes. I'm reading is accurate, it's that she had to lend herself $5 million, and he's raising a million a day. Yes, it's incredible. He, we've talked Unreal. about this a couple months ago. It may have even been much earlier than that. I think in, in November... We were talking, and I remember saying, "You've got Barack Obama's fundraising machine is unreal. People don't understand how strong it is. People just assume the Clintons have the best fundraising machine, but it's not true. Barack Obama, going way back, even last summer, was starting to make calls to independents and Democrats in states that weren't going to be in play, that they might not have ever been in play, and, and was really trying to field uh, people who hadn't been brought in uh, to fundraising efforts before, and and it's working now. He has all these oh. folks who have given a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and he can keep going back to them. Hillary Clinton has tapped out her donors. They can't give her a lot more money. She's got to find new people, and the first new person she found was herself. <laughs> so, so she, you know, so, yeah, you know, she's it would be good if she looked elsewhere as well. <laughs> I wonder if she'll give herself a tote bag for such a generous donation. <laughs> Um, a coffee mug, right. right. Final, final, quick, and, then, and I know you're very busy, so I'll let you go. But uh, real quickly, is it, is it at all possible that, A, uh, well, let me put it this way. If it goes all the way down to the convention and neither has a lock, is there just going to be a huge court battle over these Florida, uh, Florida and Michigan <laughs> delegates? Well, right now the Democratic Party is talking, is trying to float the idea of having caucuses in Florida and Michigan. And sort of go, having almost a do-over right. in a way, saying, well, the, the primaries, they didn't count. Well, let's do caucuses, and then it would be more of an even playing field. You can campaign. You could bring your people in. Uh, you know, I think if we get if – if it looks like we are going to the wire on this and we are going to go into the fall, I, I think that's what the Democratic Party will do. They'll have, they'll have another, another, another type of race in those states. 
I don't know, but you know, this Mitt Romney, what he did today dramatically affects the Democrats because this puts huge pressure on both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama to get this done. The problem is both of them have a real shot of winning it. So now we go into these next series of races, and especially February 12th, this next Tuesday, we've got Virginia, uh, Washington, D.C., disenfranchised, except in this election, I might mention, uh, D.C. and Maryland, <laughs> all three of those. We've got the little Beltway uh, primaries, essentially, going on on Tuesday. And, you know, every little bit will matter, but there's it really is important for one of these two candidates to back out sometime, uh, let's say, at least by April. After that, it's, it's just going to be... Uh, bad for both of them if they stay in. And so that Mitt Romney has put pressure on them to try and do the right thing. We'll see, in, in, politically speaking, hard to say if they will. It's in their interest to stay in. Uh, this is already the best election year ever. I mean, it's, really, it's fantastic. Exactly. All right. I will let you get back to it. Uh, travel safe when you get back on the road, and uh, we will talk to you okay. very soon, Lisa. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins in Jackson, Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. All right. There you go. Jesus. All right. Hi, Sarah. Oh, How are you doing boy. over there? I'm doing very well. All right. Wonderful. Um, well, let's... I'm really excited. Tonight's lost night. Is it? It is. Today, Thursday already? It is. Damn. I know. All right. Time is just whipping by. Um, well, I was going to do this Rush thing, but we don't have to... Don't call. Don't call about Rush. I was going to do it, but now we have Steve. Um, yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's just go right to that. Then. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson... Radio program, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kasterman. Hello, sir. Hello. How's life? How are you? How's New York City, sir? Pretty good. I was just watching the shuttle taking off literally seconds ago. Re- it's up in the air now. It's not taking off from Manhattan, is it? No, no. I was just watching it on TV while oh. I was waiting to come okay. on the show. Thought maybe they were, like, storing it in Queens or something. <laughs> yeah, they, they took off from Kennedy. All right. Hey, let me ask you this. Before, now, before we take any further step here, are you feeling lucky today? Am I feeling lucky? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I have to think about that. Let me see. Gut feeling? Yes. Now, let me ask you. Now, while you're thinking about it, would it help if you had some thinking music? <laughs> now I can't think at all. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Richie, while we're talking to Steve here, let's uh, give somebody else a crack at some of these rush tickets. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Now, look, you're one for two. That's not bad. I should have studied this morning before I came on. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, if you, you had five, you know, you, had the, the, you, you missed one, you got one. If you were in the, uh, you know, if you were a baseball player, you'd be an all-star with that average. So That's true. Uh, Richie, we'll take caller number five here. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Caller five will have the option of guessing at this rush song or having Steve do it. Um. Before we do that, let me just, it's sort of unpleasant, but I want, I want to ask you, um, have you, on this Heath Ledger thing, and I, I, we keep trying to kind of close this and put it behind us just because, you know, whatever, but it, there's some stories already floating around. Well, first there was that video of him at the drug party, which everybody has said, like, no, we're not going to show that, and no. Um, but now Sarah told me yesterday, Sarah, where did you read that? That somebody was trying to peddle post-mortem photos of him to the tabloids. Oh, uh, sources. Uh, it was like a celebrity gossip blog. Like, they got, got it from somewhere else. It was like on popsugar.com. That somebody, and no one is saying who, I mean, I'm not saying it was the masseuse or the whoever, but somebody between Discovery and bagging him up and getting him out, somebody got some photos and now they're trying to peddle them. And it, I, gotta, I think I speak for everybody when I say, like, I just don't want to see it. I just don't need to see those. But have you heard anything about that being out there on the street? I have not, and, I, you know, that's so upsetting. I mean, it's, it's hard enough watching these guys in Los Angeles, you know, almost uh, cause 
traffic accidents as they're chasing Britney Spears. But, I mean, showing photographs of a, of a dead actor, I mean, that just takes it to new months. I mean, it's not like it's the first time that it, that it would have been done. I remember the Inquirer, of course, who always set the gold standard for these things. I think it was the Inquirer that actually had those photographs of John Lennon. Uh, that was like a like a. It wasn't an autopsy. It was like a photograph of John Lennon. No, it wasn't John Lennon. It was it was Elvis. Um, oh right, yeah. The Inquirer had like with a buttonhole camera. The Inquirer got photographs of Elvis in his casket, and they would you know they paid some huge amount at the time for them. And you know these photographs of these you know various dead celebrities always seem to leak out for some reason though. I get just a general sense that no one really is interested. Like not even in a dark perverse fashion. No one really has the curiosity to see these photos. I think it's going to be a losing proposition if somebody's trying to peddle those. What's the point, you know? I mean, he's dead. Give yeah. the guy a break. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Um, anyway, so, and then presumably there's no, you know, it, it just looks like a the bad combination of the, the wrong drugs and that's sort of the unfortunate end of it. Um, yeah, but although now the, the DEA all of a sudden has decided to get involved, they want to find out uh, with these prescription drugs where they all prescribe to him, were they all prescribed by the same doctor, or were some prescribed to somebody else and then given to him? Right. You know, the, the, the New York City police detectives have basically shut shut the case, uh, you know, closed the case down, and they're they're satisfied with the end. And now all of a sudden, the DEA is is coming into the picture yeah. here. All right. Uh, before we wrap it up here, hold on one second. Let's uh, take caller. Hello, caller five. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, are you a Rush fan, sir? Yes, I am. All right, here's the question. You can either guess at the Rush song, you can have Steve Castamon guess for you, or you can answer a Dungeons & Dragons trivia question. I'll, I'll try it myself. All right, so, Steve, I'm going to put you back on uh, on hold, if that's cool. Yeah, because I want, I want to see if I can get it if he can't. Excellent. All right, so uh, both of you guys are going back on hold. All right, I'm going to play you 20 seconds of a Rush song done in a different style. You'll then have 10 seconds of thinking music, always uh, Steve Kastabov's Achilles heel. And then uh, then you'll see if you get it. If you got it uh, right, you'll win tickets to see Rush at Clark County. Sunday, June 1st, tickets go on sale this Saturday, February 9th, through all Ticketmaster outlets. All right, sir, name this Rush song. Sir, can right. you name that Rush song? Would that be Temple of the Syrinx? Well done, well yeah. done. Let's see if Steve got it too. Steve? Wow. You know, I knew the song, but I couldn't remember the name. Well done, and it's. Oh, sorry. Wait, I'm who? What's that? Okay. Uh, well, congratulations to you. So, um, how are we gonna do this? All right, sir. Congratulations to you. You're going to see Rush at the Amphitheater, Clark County, uh, Sunday, June 1st. Well done, my friend. Awesome. All right, I'm put you on hold. Richie will get your information. All right. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. See, and Steve, so, you know, console yourself with this. He chose wisely. He did. Because uh, he, he knew the song and the title. So, yes, Temples of Syrinx from 2112. I didn't know you were going to go that deep. Hey, you know, it's not just, we don't just hand things out here. It's not just the low-hanging fruit on the Rick Emerson show. <laughs> I mean, it's usually the low-hanging fruit. but I would starve if it wasn't for the low-hanging fruit, you know. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, are you on tomorrow? Yes, I am. All right. We'll undoubtedly talk to you then. You have a good day. So long. There you go. Steve Gastonbaum in New York City, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful.
I'm so glad somebody won those. Jesus. All right. Uh, later on, we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week, and that person also wins a pair of rush tickets. We'll be listening for that. Uh, coming up just around the corner, Tim Riley, you have news for us? Oh, yes. It's, it's a busy, time. busy day. It is. It's a virtual scary town of news. Uh, stay there. Back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I didn't know that. It doesn't. It, it's not listed here. Oh, it didn't say it. No, it only it, on it only said leave. Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath Ledger. Hey, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Uh. Anyway. So no, I didn't. Yeah, but I, I pulled that story, but I forgot to bring it up with Steve. No one knows what I'm talking about. There was this great mafia bust. Everybody, like Johnny Three Fingers, you know, Palazzo or whatever. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, kneel before him. He is Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Okay, we'll get to that mob crackdown in just a minute, but first, our top local story. An Estacada woman found a man going through her underwear in her bedroom. The lady came home to find Michael Stevens having in her closet with a pile of underwear in a sack. <laughs> Were they all hers, or had he been going from house to house like some sort of reverse Johnny Appleseed? Well, they arrested Stevens after he admitted being in the house and going through the undergarments. Stevens told him he was just bored and didn't have anything to do. So he decided to... Well, I could rent a movie. I could go for a long walk and look at birds in the park, or I could look at an esticated woman's panties. So the uh, Jesus. The, uh, the owner of the panties said the experience has <laughs> made her scared. She doesn't even want to stay in the house anymore. Well, okay. When you see shoes that are familiar to you sticking out of your closet... Oh, that's creepy. And then you look up and start seeing a person. Well, Stevens lived down the street from the victim. Well, oh, so she knew him? And she thinks he's been in there before. So wrong. So... So this uh, panty sniffer has a bail set of $150,000. And the worst part is how you're just assuming the sniffing there. You're, you're projecting that into the story. I don't even really know that it's there. Maybe he wasn't sniffing the panties. Maybe he was rubbing them Maybe rubbing just lovingly on his, on his face. Maybe he was stripping off his own clothing, spreading the panties out on the bed, and then rolling around on them. He like said it. it was nothing sexual. It was just boredom. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And what's the first thing that comes to mind when you're bored in Estacada? <laughs> I'm going to go uh, rifle through a woman's undie drawer. Um, it, it, but, so I'm trying to figure out how this works. So she's in the, what, she's out for the day. She's she, out. She comes yeah. home. Comes home. Goes into the bedroom. She sees shoes. Mm-hmm. So this must have been a deal where the closet was open and he was hiding behind clothing, but of course you can't cover up your ankles and your feet. Right. Uh, wouldn't you just leave the house at that point? Like, if you came home and you looked in your closet and you saw some shoes, like, clearly somebody's standing in there, isn't that the time when you leave the house and you call the man to come in and deal with that? She may have. Uh, maybe. She doesn't specify. All right. Well, there you go. So, yet one more exciting slice of the Estacada pie. Jesus. So let's talk about this uh, big Gambino family bust. Oh, it's wonderful. In New York. Here we go. Uh, apparently, well, they busted a whole bunch of people. Four, narcotics distribution, robbery, extortion, loan sharking, security fraud, labor schemes, etc. All the, moss, the mob stuff. They arrest uh, 83 wise guys. This is a 169-page indictment. Some of those arrested include the hoodlums, the greaseball, Bobby the Jew, 
Tommy Sneakers, Mike the Electrician. Also, uh, some of them had uh, multiple names here. Let's uh, uh Nicholas Carozo is known as Nicky, Little Nicky, the Little Doctor, the Little Guy, Seymour, Grandpa, or Grandfather. Joseph Carozo's name is Jojo and Miserable. <laughs> That's Joseph, what I want my mob name to be. Stinky. Joseph Chirico is known as Joe Marco Polo. Uh, Dominic Caruso, also known as Italian Dom. Dominic, Dom from 18th Avenue in the Grease Ball. Mary Casino is known as Alanza. Uh, Joseph Cazari is known as Joe Racket. Uh, let's see here. So we have uh, Tommy Sneakers. Oh, and Jerome Bencado is only known as Jerry. So he, he must be one of the lower <laughs> level. He hasn't moved up the ladder. <laughs> he was so skinky, joined late. Yeah. He, there was nothing else left in the bag. Well, he's waiting for his membership card. <laughs> Vincent Aramonte is also known as Elmo. Elmo. I guess he lives in a trash can <laughs> next to Charlie the Greaseball. <laughs> I wonder how those names happen. I mean, this is sort of like a variant on that whole thing of George Costanza trying to give himself the name of T-Bone. I mean, is it like who decides that they want to be called Greaseball. Maybe you know, it's a skull and crossbones yeah. thing. Seriously. Lakota <laughs> Nostra, accept or decline. And then if you, you know, you send the you and, and then like, you're approved. <laughs> <laughs> Big stamp. <laughs> you get like a thing in the mail. Like, congratulations. Your application has been processed successfully, Bobby the Jew. <laughs> Wonderful. Ah, that's great. We should all get mafia nicknames. You know, there's a, remember that thing a couple years ago where we all got Wu-Tang Clan names? Um, Sarah, were you, did you get a Wu-Tang name? I think I did. I have no idea what it was, though. Tim's was, uh, Tim's was Dependable Skeleton. Oh. I uh, remember that. Mine was Crafty Bernardo. Uh, there ought to be some sort of a, like a little CGI thing on the net that'll get, like, a script that you could type in here. It'll give you a mafia name. Like, you know, I could be, like, uh, Ricky with Five Fingers Emerson or something. Oh, Lenny DeMario is also known as L or Lenny, or the conductor. Nike Uncle or Fatso. <laughs> now, see, but... How can you have six different nicknames? That seems confusing, doesn't it? Because one of you're in a meeting with some guys from one town, and then some other guys from another town are there, and you're talking about the conductor, but they think you're talking about some other guy because they know you as Hatso. Like, are you, do you have different nick? I wish we had someone in the audience who was in the mafia for any number of reasons. I, uh, I, I mean, it, do you have one nickname that evolves into another nickname over time? Do you have different nicknames for use when you are talking to different people? Uh, I mean, are some nicknames like your professional name and some nicknames yeah. are sort of like, like one is a stage name or something? Mm -hmm. uh, so like, you know, when you go to when you go to whack a guy, you're known as like Bobby the Knees. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're just hanging out at home, you're Meatball or something. Or Greaseball. <laughs> Greaseball. Or Greaseball of 18th Avenue. <laughs> I do, I do like Bobby the Jew though, just because there's so little thought put into it. That's like that guy just named Jerry. <laughs> Hello, is the grease ball at home? <laughs> That'd be like you, Sarah the girl. <laughs> That's gonna be your new name. Your mob name, Sarah the girl. How about Joe Racket? Joe Racket is pretty great. Yeah, I, I'd like that to be called. With him. I'd like to be called Joe Racket. If only my first name were Joe. That's wonderful. All right, I'm gonna write down note to sell. Thing to do before I die on my bucket list. Uh, let's see. Get Mafia name. That's wonderful. Excellent. So that was kind of fun, wasn't it? Oh, that's great. That's great. All right. You know, we know somebody. I won't identify who this person is, but, you know, we know somebody who uh, who has a... Who, who, um... Who's connected? Well, I'm not going to say he's connected. That I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would... I don't even want to mention anything. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm just saying we know someone who... Uh, 
I know this person? Yes. We know oh, someone we know someone who uh met how do I put this? Some some of his family are family. Let's put it that way. Um and here's there's the the one good story about that is and and we should note that he himself is not the as I, as we as we affiliated in any way as they say. But at one point he was uh, trying to get into college and I guess he was having some trouble getting into the college of his choice. And apparently he did receive a phone call late at night, when, like at 10.30. I go, look, uh, you'll know me, but I know you. Now, if you need somebody to go talk to that dean, you let me know. We'll have him handled. And I think he saw, he kind of went, well, thanks, but uh, no, I'm going to pass on that. All right, you let us know if you change your mind. Bobby the Jew will go take care of it. So yeah, It's only Monhu Community College. <laughs> It wasn't. Yes, it was Scotty. Yes, yeah, Scotty's all mobbed up. <laughs> Scotty the J. Excellent. I don't know what these people are calling for. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson program. Hey, you could be Ricky Racket. That would be Ricky Rackman. Ricky Racket is kind of funny, actually, because it makes me. Sa- it makes it sound like you're an East Coaster talking about Ricky Rocket from Poison. Uh-huh. Or maybe you were way ahead of me on that. Yeah, it's got some... Uh, Brett Mackles, Bobby Dow, Ricky Rackett. Yeah. I'm not going to be Ricky Rackett, but thank you. It would rack. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bye now. Bunzo. Bye. Uh, what did he say at the end? Funzo? Bunzo? All right. Um, yeah. Hi, you're... Uh, hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Okay, here's your mob These name. all kind of sound like garbage pail kids' names. Yeah. My mob name is what? Your mob name is Ricky the Voice. Ricky the Voice. And then Tim is Timmy White. Timmy White. White hair, you know, Timmy White. That's uh, how it works. And because because he's a man of who is relentlessly Caucasian. Well, yeah, you could say that. All right. Excellent. Timmy, okay. Timmy, Timmy White. All Sarah, right. I'm going to have to think about it. See ya. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, I can see already we're going to have to bring the curtain down on this pretty quickly. It's going to take over the whole show. Hi. Well, um, I've got an interesting story about uh, a little bit of the inside connection. When I was uh, when I was a kid uh, growing up in California, my dad uh, was a little bit connected, and um, him and his business partner had bought uh, tickets for the um, Olympics that was going on in Mexico City, and they had sold these packages uh, of tickets at hotel rooms that they had acquired mm-hmm. and um they had made millions of dollars and the money went into a Mexican bank and always, always a good idea it, and it was uh it was the week after the olympics or i think it was like two weeks after the olympics there was a coup and uh the government was overthrown and the vice president's son was the guy who was connected with all this with my dad, and um, ended up not getting a red cent. Of course. No, no, no. Why would you store... I mean, look, this has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that that country's economic system seems to be run on on just, like, spit and bailing wire and and prayers to, like, you know... Why would you put anything... That's like putting something in a Croatian bank. Why would you possibly... I'm going to store this money in Albania. And that's that's my dad. That's what my dad said. The shortfall was is they didn't really they they weren't able to get that the funds liquid over to the United States before yeah, everything your, went down. Yeah, so don't do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Oh wait. Here we go. Mafia name generator. All right. Who should who should go first? Tim. Thank you. Me. Tim. Huh. Riley. All right, Tim. So do we get a card or something in the mail after this? Yeah, you'll get a pin to wear. 
and you'll get a 5% discount. Fred Lobster. Mm. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, who wants to know Tim's Mafia name? I do. I do. Tim, your name is Valentino Rubberneck. I like that. <laughs> i got to write all these down right now. <laughs> Valentino Rubberneck. Valentino. I like it because it's got the Hollywood thing going on. Mm-hmm. Valentino Rubberneck. Rubber. Neck. Neck. All right. Sarah, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Should I put the X in? Sarah X. Dylan. All right, here we go. I feel like like it's either a combination of like the like the sorting hat in Harry Potter meets that thing in Animal House. Uh, your Delta Town Town name is uh, Mothball. Uh, your Delta Town name is uh, Weasel. Your your Delta Town name is Flounder. Sarah, <laughs> I hope it's not the same generator that I just. Your used. name is Big Stink Lydia. <laughs> it is. All right. Oh, this one came up as Big Stink Anna. Big. But then I don't. I didn't stink. use the. No wait. Let's try not using the X. <laughs> okay. Are you taking out the X? You don't want to be Big Stink okay, Lydia? Okay, I'll be stammering <laughs> Sabina Rossi. Well, that's dumb. Big Stink Lydia is so much better. <laughs> I don't want to be Sarah, Big the Big Stink, stink Dylan. Big Stink Lydia. Done. Why Genius. Why always happen to me? All right. Uh, let's see. Rick Emerson. Ugh. All right. Here we go. My mafia name is Bruno the Bouncer. <laughs> I don't really care this for that is the name. the dumbest thing ever. I found yours. I typed in your name on this one. I got Carlo Crackhead. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Can I go with Carlo Crackhead? That sounds threatening. Okay. Carlo Crackhead. All right, Sarah, because you let me pick a, a different different name, you can you can do yours one more. You can, like, run yours through again. All right. Well, I need to find a different one. Okay. I'm going to do Richie in the meantime. Richie Bristol. I'll post this on my site later. Richie Bristol's mafia name is... Oh, come on. Oh, let's see. Bruno. Okay, I'm sorry. No, here we go. Uh, okay, Richie Bristol's mafia name is Stefano Marino. All my names are terrible. You know what this other one is? No. Baby Buns. <laughs> no, the mafia is not for girls. <laughs> baby Buns. Okay, so. No, I'm going to find another one. No, Sarah, so your choices here are Big Stink or Baby Buns. <laughs> I don't know. Let me try one more. One you know, this next one is going to be like. Ass face, you know, like duty head or something. Just, I mean, really, the the fates don't seem to be with you on this big stink. Okay, your mafia name. Oh damn it! Your new name is Slut Ass. <laughs> What's your new name? I don't know. I can't find another one. <laughs> damn it! Yeah, sorry. All right, big, well, let me. I'll, sorry, I'll find big another stink. One That's just the way the cookie crumbles. No. All right. Let's less creepy than baby buns, I guess. Baby buns. <laughs> you know who'd gladly take baby buns is Storm. She would totally take that. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, here's Tim Valentino Rubberneck Riley with your news. Uh, so the cops are looking for three guys after an attack at the Gresham Max Light Rail Station. Is this? Is it last week again? February first, Friday. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the victim, a mother and her son, and her friend, were walking toward the Rockwood Max Station. That's 185th Avenue in East Burns, Seven. They were approached by three African-American males at about uh, 8 p.m. Uh, they said, quote, you ain't black, you ain't black. Well, that, that would be, well, they're Caucasian people, so that is true. That is true. So we give them points for accurate assessment of race. However, what they allegedly did after that is not nice. Uh, they punched and knocked the lady to the ground. Her son, Tyler Swallow Jones... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is he dead? 
He went to help his mother when he was uh, set upon by an attacker. He was hit in the head and fell to the ground. But he's okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. So I can, I can make fun of the fact that he's Tyler Swallow Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, the victim said one person did most of the attacking, while the other two stood by and watched. The attack comes after Gresham police and Max boosted uh, security on the back streams in Gresham. After violent attacks, including an attack on a man and a teenager with a baseball bat. Jesus. Uh, please don't have much to go on. So what happened to all these uh, promised uh, cameras that were supposed to go up around there? Uh, you know, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think that's a thing they, they sort of mention, mm-hmm. and then it's not really ever going to, uh, it's never really going to take place. Ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me read a couple of these. Uh, how about this? Uh, oh, this is something about the Lost Boys and Rob Lowe. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just back on the Martin Sheen thing, I was talking about how Martin Sheen had a brother. His name is Joe Estevez. Martin Sheen's brother's name is Joe Estevez. He's done some terrible names, uh, terrible movies, by the way. Uh, and But here's the funny thing about Joe Estevez, Martin Sheen's brother. Is that you know Martin Sheen is a, you know he's a real bleeding heart, but Joe Estevez apparently is either conservative or just doesn't care, and so the deal is you will hear some TV commercials from time to time, where they don't ever say who it is that's doing the voice, but he sounds just like Martin Sheen. Like I was watching, I was watching TV a couple years ago, and there was an ad for like, it was for the NRA or somebody. It was it was some you know real right wing organization, and. And it sounded just like Martin Sheen. You know, and he had that Martin Sheen delivery. The National Rifle Association. And I thought, what is going on? And then I looked up later, and apparently that's what Joe Estevez makes all his money doing. It's like if you're trying to, if you want to hire Martin Sheen, but you can't afford him or he won't do it, you go to Joe Estevez, and Joe will, because Joe sounds just like his brother Martin Sheen, he, for like 20% of whatever it would cost Martin Sheen to do it, he'll totally do it. So there you go. So that's uh, it's another way to fame and fortune in this country of ours. Are these all going to be Mafia Calls names? Okay, we're going to do these four, and then we're going to be done with it. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson uh, Show. You mean telephone, Right. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's one. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. I have a Mafia name for you, and I think that it's so obvious that uh, I'm, uh, I don't know, a little uh, uh, shy about saying it. And yet here you have called a public forum to reveal it to us. Yeah. Well, okay. um, rip them out. Come on. Did somebody say that? Oh, somebody said the voice. Yeah. The voice? No, the voice. The voice is like too... Sinatra, though. Wasn't oh, Sinatra? Barry the... Manilow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I, the I, mouth. I'm, I'm at the Mafia name generator, and I just kind of, uh, you know, just type gibberish in there. And I think the, the, the best name that I came up with is uh, Tito Skunky Pants. <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> You've been wanting something that a baby buns, skunky pants. There you go. Don and Don. Hey, thank there's, there's, yes. uh, I, I put in my name, yes. and I uh, got third leg Mario. I'm not too uh, <laughs> too unhappy about that one because, you know. Third leg Mario. Thank yeah. you. All right, thank you. I put the other one that called me baby buns. How about I, skunky I put, buns? No, I put, no. <laughs> I put in Sarah X in the first name and then Dylan in the last part, and then my next name now is The Bear. Like Richard Hatch? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to think about that. pants and baby buns. <laughs> I got the shaft. That sucks. <laughs> How about baby pants? Baby skunk. Skunky baby. Baby's breath. <laughs> How about um, Zingelbert? Never mind. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey, uh, I got a, an unrelated topic I wanted to share with you. I saw a really great bumper sticker yesterday I thought you'd appreciate. Okay. 
It was uh, Republicans for Voldemort. I saw that. I love that. I see that there's one of those uh, on Hawthorne that I see. So there's a car up there. Yeah, those are really, really wonderful. And it looks like a Republican sticker, which is what makes it so great. Yeah, yeah, it threw me off at first. I'm going Republicans for, is that something I just had heard? Oh, wait a minute. That's Voldemort. Yes. All right. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So you don't want baby buns. You don't want skunky pants. Uh, don't you don't want, want big bear. stink. So what other combinations do we have? Baby stink? Panty buns. What is wrong with you? <laughs> stink baby. Big baby. Baby big stink. I'm just trying to help out. I'm working with the materials I have here. All right, I found another one. I'm going to try for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like, you know, fester lips. Maybe I should start putting my name, um, <laughs> instead of hitting female, I should hit male. And see if maybe that would help instead okay. of something like baby pants. <laughs> baby pants. Bloaty face. All right, it keeps coming up with stammering. Is it just because? <laughs> All right, hang on. Uh-huh. Stammering Sabina Ross? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, open scab. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. All right, hey, two things, man. I put mine in, and I'm double amputee Bruno. And then I got, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but I got this new song off iTunes called Geek Like Me. I don't by know. A band called The Wonderstruck. I don't know anything about that. What are they that. called, put, Rob? The Wonderstruck? Yeah, and if you put that in, it's actually Motormouth Louie. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding? So if you put in the name of that band that I can't mention, you get Motormouth that Louie? That band, The Wonderstruck? I can't say that. Motormouth that's great. Okay, I'm going to do that. Rick, Motormouth Louie. Okay, wonderful. God bless you. You're doing the Lord's work, sir. Yes, I am. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. I'm sorry. Valentino Rubberneck. How are you? I'm fine. Good. Going to go pick up the numbers. The uh, heavy cell phone use is tied to poor sperm quality. Do you know that? <laughs> Anything said in that voice is hilarious. Spending hours on a cell phone every day may affect the quality of a man's sperm. <laughs> Maybe they should hand them on a max platform. You know, you kind of sound like you kind of sound like Larry King when you do that. You do have that um, you do have that kind of Kingian uh, sound. So a study of 361 men seen at a clinic. <laughs> The Cleveland Clinic, as a matter of fact. Oh, no, I wasn't prepared for that. Found an association between the, par the patient's cell phone use and their sperm quality. On the average, more hours men spend on their cell phones every day, the lower their sperm count, and the greater their percentage of abnormal sperm. <laughs> their percentage of what? Abnormal sperm. Now, where does it end, Ari? Put your crystal ball on. That's wonderful. I met somebody the other day who um, is from Cleveland uh -huh. and who has been to the Cleveland Clinic. Really? And I wanted to make a clown honking noise, but oh, they right. wouldn't have understood. How about this? How about this one, Sarah? Hemorrhaging Lou. I just tried another one, and, I'm, and it's just the porpoise. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Sarah the porpoise, Dylan. Oh. You put in Britney Spears. Okay. And then we have to break, and we have to come back and be more on task, as they used to tell me in school. Because otherwise, this is going to be the entire show is trying to come up with them. Um, Britney Spears is the compass. I'm put yours. No, in. that's not that. Rick, All right. The clam. <laughs> the clam. I wonder uh, if these are all just does. All right, let's take a break here. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 is the Rick Emerson radio program. 
We'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. We return with more of Tim Valentino Rubberneck Riley at the Ministry of Truth. You stay there. You bet your life. <laughs> Final observation about this, and then we're never going to talk about mafia names again. Okay, Sarah. Sarah. Ballpeen Hammer. Or just Sarah Ballpeen, Dylan. Ballpeen? Ballpeen. Oh, yeah. Peen Ball. Ballpeen. Look, the last one you came up with is Cedar Teeth. Ballcock, Dylan. The ballcock in the toilet. We're That's not, exactly what I'm, I'm no. saying. That isn't a very flattering Like name. a ball-peen hammer? Be yes. A, a ball-cock, Dylan? Is that the thing at the toilet, the ball-cock? That's cock? the toilet, yeah. All right. Let's not give you that name. By the way, I want you to know that you said that, not me. And so if that sticks to you somehow, that's on you, sister. I actually know I had to replace the ball-cock in my toilet. <laughs> yeah, I had to do that a couple well, times. I had to replace I know, the it's toilet. a funny-sounding name. Well, you have insurance now, so that sort of thing is easier. Uh, that's all. The last one you came up with during the break was Sarah Cedar Teeth. I don't no, even know what no, Cedar Teeth I put in means. Tim Riley, and really? it said... No, that's what said Tim Riley, and then it came up as Cedar Teeth. We're going to quit looking for mafia names now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. Well, we'll need him eventually. I suppose. So, uh, getting back to our uh, top political story, because he doesn't use the word quit, former Governor Mitt Romney has suspended his run for the presidency. Uh-huh. He made the announcement, uh, well, about not couple hours ago. I entered this race because I love America. And because I love America, in this time of war, I feel I have to now stand aside for our party and for our country. He says he will continue to fight for conservative principles. I'll fight alongside you for all the things we believe in. From home. And one of the things we believe in is that we cannot allow the next president of the United States to retreat in the face of evil extremism. <laughs> okay, whatever. Take your last day and use it however you want, sir. We need to look at the past to preserve the future. It is the common task of each generation and the burden of liberty to preserve this country, expand its freedoms, and renew its spirit so that its noble past is prologue to its glorious future. Yeah. Whatever. Are those like generic campaign speeches? Uh, just, he's like Mike Huckabee, where he just finds a bunch of refrigerator magnets like in the bottom of his brain, strings them together. And you know that the guy, you know, that's one of those things where the whole time he's doing that, the guy from security is standing behind him just ready to escort him out of the building. You know what I mean? Thanks for giving the speech. Put everything in this box, please. All right. Uh, so uh, it, it was just this morning that his spokesman, uh, Eric Bronstam, uh, tried to put his uh, best foot forward and uh, come up with a positive spin on, well, Tuesday's balloting, which was a disaster. You know, John McCain had a good night. There's no question about that, but that doesn't mean that Mitt Romney had a bad night. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. The worst night ever. So while he, while he was doing this, apparently his campaign workers uh, didn't know that this was going on, so they were walking around uh, the crowd in the auditorium where he was speaking, handing out change buttons. So really? he was going to be another change guy. I, well, there was a change, probably just not the one that Mitt Romney was intending. It's, uh, I mean, that seals it for John McCain, though. I mean, that's, as Lisa, you know, Lisa herself said, and she says that it's gold from her mouth to God's ear. Uh, that it, the, the nominee now is, how weird is that, man? Remember we were writing John McCain off like three months ago because his, his campaign was falling apart and nobody was yeah. being paid and people were quitting. And now he is the nominee, I mean, the de facto nominee for the GOP. 
And so it's just a question of whether they're going to get Squirrel Cooker or some other guy. So it, it is so weird, now man. Romney's the, the new uh, Michael Huffington, spending thirty million dollars on nothing oh, and failing miserably. How, how gratifying! And he doesn't even have a wife who who got any press time at all. No, no, Mitt Romney got nothing out of yes. this. Nothing, because you know the weird. I was thinking about this the other night. I was I saw an interview with poor Michael Dukakis, who just is just such a small and important little shrub of a man. He really is. And I I was thinking to myself, you you know what it is? It's like with the Super Bowl, where it doesn't matter. To, to most people in the public eye, uh, you know, what do you, you, you know, in terms of their perception, no one really stops to give you credit for the fact that you made it all the way to the Super Bowl. No one ever bothers to say, hey, look, Patriots, you know, you did manage to go 18 games. Well done. You played over. You vanquished every other team in the league to see. Every single other team fell before you. No one ever said, like, no one says to Michael Dukakis, you know what, out of the 300 million people in this country, there were only two of them selected to run for president that year. You were one. You were one in 300 million. No one ever says that. They just look at Michael Dukakis and go, loser. That's it. It doesn't matter. If you lose for the presidency, you are a loser from that day on. It doesn't matter that you, you really had come within just a hair's breadth of being the most powerful person in the earth. Second uh, place in the presidential election still makes you just a big, a big losing clown. So, uh, so it is with Dukakis. Now, so it is with Mitt Romney. Go forth. So it's incredible. So now it's uh, got to be John McCain. And why we have Republican primaries after this is ridiculous. No, it, I mean, they, they really are just... Baby. Yeah, no, there's absolutely cosmetic. Run. Yeah, Richie, I think we're moving on from mafia names at this point. It's It's been fun. No, it, otherwise it's just going to be like dandelions on our front lawn. Just never going to get rid of them. Uh, so, yeah, so it's McCain. And, and the pressure, as um, I think Lisa said, this, the pressure is really on either Obama or Hillary to really just... So one of them's got to win one of these days, because if they just continue to split it up this way, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of bad for the Democrats. But I do relish the idea of them going into the convention, neither of them having a lock on it, and then just having some sort of street fight over all these delegates in Michigan and Florida. be immensely satisfying to watch. Oh, you know who hasn't uh, suspended their campaign yet is Ron Paul. No, of course not. Where is he? I don't Does know. he ever speak? No, he doesn't. He just I, he I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't I shouldn't that as much as I bash Ron Paul, I should actually be very very fair about it. He actually does speak and you know what? Here's the thing. You, you know the you know the thing with Ron Paul is when he talks, he sounds really intelligent. I mean, he really does. He clearly has all of his own thoughts and positions really well thought out. And he does attract the most intelligent followers in the United States, which is about 1% of the population. Which is why he will never win. Which is why he will never, and I think Lycus actually said the same thing, that Ron Paul really gives the American people credit for being intelligent, forward-thinking, insightful, perceptive, deep. Actually run by the rabbit whores. (laughs) Exactly. That's totally what it is. I mean, it's done by people ordering their fifth helping of uh, breadsticks at the Olive Garden. That's Mm -hmm. it. Done. So... I mean, look, and I know that there, and I know this because the Ron Paul people, God bless them, they email me whenever we have conversations like this. Rick, I really wish you would give Ron Paul a fair shake. And here's the thing: if you're listening to me right now, and you're, I sound like, um, I sound like Huckabee appealing to Romney supporters. If you're listening to me right now and you're a Ron Paul supporter, take a little solace in the look. Or if you read Ayn Rand, I mean, in fact, if you do, if you're supporting, you, you know, if, if you do one, you probably do the other. So, if you either a uh, own the Rush box set, B, uh, have just finished reading Atlas Shrugged for the hundredth time, or C, support Ron Paul, or D, all of the above, which is, I think, the most likely, you can take a little solace in the fact that you're almost certainly smarter than everybody uh, you know. You, I mean, look to the left, look to the right. You're smarter than both of those people. Unfortunately, going to get you dick. Exactly nothing is what that's going to get you. So, you know, 
So there's that. So it is a little bit. Ron Paul and his supporters, that is the very definition of a Pyrrhic victory. Uh, you know, if you managed to, manage to outlast uh, Mitt Romney, still not going to get you anything. Uh, you know, but you do know how to, you know, work the quadratic equation. So you got that. Well, as usual, uh, the U.K. is sending all the garbage they want over there, over here. Like we're one of their colonies still. Their home office has signed an extradition order that will send an accused terrorist, Abu Hazun Azikar, to the United States for prosecution. He has a one-eyed, hook-handed preacher already in prison for Britain. Sure looks strange to me. For inciting hatred in the, uh, in the North London area. I'm sorry, I don't laugh at my own jokes a lot, but that was funny what I just said. He's a one-eyed, hook-handed preacher. <laughs> Wait, is he, uh, is he a, a radi- uh, does he follow radical Islam? He does. He was a one-eyed, hook-handed Something, something, that a preacher. He lost both hands and one eye working in Afghanistan. <laughs> Just like what? Working where in Afghanistan? Remind, note to self, don't take that job. Let's see. Uh, and he was a good friend of the shoe bomber. As one <laughs> might expect with losing both hands and both <laughs> Pick better friends. <laughs> Maybe their hijinks go back to their boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Some kids like BB guns, others? <laughs> a good friend of the shoe bomber. That sounds like that sounds like a bad joke. We now we now go live and we interview the shoe bomber's best friend. It's a guy who's just missing both his hands and one eye. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> oh. Uh he was sentenced to seven years for soliciting murder and inciting hatred in Britain. Hey, here's a good question. If you have, if you're missing your hands and you get sent to prison, do they let you keep your hooks? I would imagine so. But, you, but those are weapons. I think that'd be a weapon. But you, you can't just have stubs. You can't couldn't get anything done. Maybe he'd be fed by someone. Maybe they give you animatronic hands. I don't, I don't think. Well, they actually, do that. I, I don't. I don't think this guy's a role model because he wrote some uh, <laughs> manual on how to make explosives. A man who lost both hands and one eye. Really? Why would you take advice it's from a, him? It's a ten-volume encyclopedia. He must have missed one of them when he was. <laughs> I think uh, the S for safety volume was missing when they when they sold him that Encyclopedia Britannica set. I have a report tomorrow. Do an explode. <laughs> Anywho, um, you know why would you take advice from that? That's like taking advice from Dr. Andrew Wild, that guy, that nutcase holistic doctor guy. Here's how to stay thin, and he's like the fattest guy you've ever seen in your life. Like some huge, fat Karl Marx-looking guy. Jesus. So because they're sick and tired of putting up with him, they're sending them over here. Well, fine. We need, we needed some humor. We Thank did. you. Thank you for sending us that guy. Okay, somebody's really got to answer this question, though, about whether you get to keep your hooks when you go to prison. I because Certainly, we must have a listener out there who's in that predicament. Who either has gone to prison or has hooks, or quite possibly both. both. I mean, we do have a big tent here. If you're a man between the ages of 18 and 44, you're probably listening, so please call and tell us this. Maybe you could keep the hooks if they're just blunt-ended. You could still put a guy's eye out with those. I mean, I would imagine that's just... And plus, if they gave you metal prostheses of any kind, you could still sharpen those, I would imagine, couldn't you? I suppose so. All right, these are the sort of things that I that I think about uh, late at night. All right. Um, yeah, here's Tim Riley. So uh, let's talk about that the big tornado in uh, the middle of the country. This university student says he and some of his friends were trapped beneath the rubble inside a dormitory. Myself and six other of my, of my classmates that I'm friends with went into the, the girls' and guys' bathrooms in the commons, and within about a minute or within about 30 seconds of being in there, 
um, ears started popping. You could feel the wind coming through the walls. Um, uh. The next thing we knew, we were all trapped under. Oh, that mm. sucks. That's got to be not the worst part, but that's got to be terrible when you just that the air pressure changes and you hear that sound. You know, everybody's just like a train or whatever. You just you hear that getting closer and closer. That's got to be the, the special brand of terror. Yeah. Yeah, that train sounds like in a California earthquake as well. Yeah, I mean, it's... That chug, 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 chug. Yeah, where it's just like the relentless... Yeah. And I've never been through a severe earthquake. Uh, just, just you know, some small ones. But, I mean, it's just that, that feeling, you get that sense. It's just a couple of small earthquakes I've been through. When... And just, you know, I know it's minuscule, but just that the, the tornado thing we had a couple weeks ago. That is a really... It, it, it makes you feel very small because it is that sense that, like, the earth has just decided to turn against you for a while. And there's just no... There's nothing you can do. I mean, you know, everybody, well, man with all of his scientific advancements is still helpless against nature. Because, well, what can you do? There's an earthquake. There's no stop. It's like, uh, you know, it's like I think sometimes about, as dumb as this sounds, I think about headlights sometimes. And about how, you know, when nature decides it's going to get dark at night, there's really nothing you can do about it. Basically, you can strap some flashlights to the front of your car. That's about it. That's, that's, that's the level of our technology. Uh, still can't stop it from getting dark, can't stop it from raining, can't stop the earth from moving around or tornadoes from sucking up houses and shredding. There's nothing we can do. This uh, Tennessee lady looked out the window of her house one last time before taking cover in her bathtub with her husband and two-year-old daughter. I looked out the window and a gas line had exploded in Hartsville. And it was two or three hundred feet in the air. At that time, I did not know that. I, I, I had no idea. But it lit up the sky so much, I literally seen the tornado. And it was less than a half a mile away, coming right at it. Mm. Uh, it's creepy. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, with Valentine's Day around the corner, it's time for some kissing advice oh. from the expert on lips, Andrea Demurgin, who says lip care is essential for the perfect pucker. You've got to uh, have soft, supple lips for sexy kissing. Oh, my so God. So I really kind of keep their lips moisturized daily with a little lip balm. Moisturize isn't and, a word. And this goes for guys, too, because there's nothing worse than kissing someone with chapped lips. You know, kissing didn't begin as a romantic exercise. Kissing could have developed either from a baby suckling on their mothers to even a, a theory that has cavemen going around tasting and smelling the saliva and breath of, of young cave girls to determine who's healthy and who's fit and who will be good to procreate with. Well, she makes it sound so sexy. He, she does. For first time, kiss is less kiss is someone more. right now. Take it a little slow. It's always wonderful to build up slowly to a very deep, passionate kiss. So just when you first start... Are we really having this, this really discussion? Really kissing on the lips gently. Um, and then just slowly introduce tongue. And then when you do that, just, you know, take it easy. Slowly yes. introduce tongue. Kiss is, kissing can be good for you. Hello, this is my friend when Tongue. You're kissing, you're secreting a lot of saliva, so that washes away plaque, so it's thought to prevent some cavities from building up. Washes the uh, plaque the right into your really girlfriend's mouth. Is it stimulates all those feel-good chemicals. You get all those endorphins moving through your body. Lots like when you have a good workout. Don't forget about fresh breath. Make sure that if you can't be brushing your teeth that you have some gum or some mints on hand. And, you know, drink a lot of water. Hydration keeps your, your breath fresh, too. Just uh, just be mindful of that because uh, foul breath can, can kill a kid. Can kill a can kill a kid. Oh, I thought it said kid. Can kill a kid. <laughs> We're not chuckling at child death. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Be sure to introduce the tongue slowly. Sage advice for everyone. I feel really awkward about the. I mean, I, I don't want to go back and talk about the mechanics of 
lip-locking or whatever. But I will say this. Everybody has that one person that they remember dating at some point in their life. Worst kisser ever. Oh, my first kiss. David. I won't say his last name. But... What? Now, how old were you? I was in sixth or seventh grade. All right. And he was the same or he was he, older? Uh, he was a year. He was older than me, but he was a year younger than me. Oh, but he was ahead of you in school. Yeah, no, he was a year younger than me in school. For some reason, he was... Wait, you were how old? Well, he's old, because I'm basically a grade ahead, right. because I went to school in... But he state. was chronologically a year older? He was a year younger. Okay, but he was ahead of you in school. He was a, he was behind me in school, <laughs> older than me. Okay. Anyway, anywho... Yeah, he so flowered all over my face. It was that disgusting. scene, but that's the thing, where the guys... It was... And it, it often is guys, I think, who do that, where the guys, like, because they only know what they've heard from their idiot friends in the schoolyard. No, 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 dude, you, it's all about the tongue and the saliva. It's a guy, but they still exist. It's not even, like, seventh grade. I remember no. another guy I dated. Um, <sighs> okay, this guy named Gary a while back. We'll call him Gary, <laughs> oh, it was his so real gross. name. And like, I've always had problems with the slobbering. Yeah. Well, it because... No, his real name is, yeah. Because seriously, I mean, it's it, it just... It, it, to temper that a little bit. I mean, I think, and I think it is typically guys who don't know how to do that. They just—it's like a zero to ten in like five seconds, it kind of a thing. So, um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, a, and a bad kiss that ruins the whole deal, doesn't it? Like that can, you know, that unseals like even the most sealed deal, I would oh, yeah. think. So, yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway, so. Um, so there you go. That woman. Blah blah blah. And by the way, I did see you cringing as soon as as soon as the words. With Valentine's Day approaching, I saw Sarah just sort of... I totally forgot it was coming, too. Yeah. Oh, it's a week from today, isn't it? Yes. It, wait, is it? What's today? The 7th? 7th. Yeah. Then it's love day. Next, next Thursday. All right. Here's Tim... Well, no, no, no. No, next Friday. When is Black Love Day? Is that the day before oh, or after Valentine's Day? I think it is, yeah. Is that next Wednesday? Uh-huh. All right. Sarah, you going to celebrate Black Love Day? I sure will. Excellent. The best oh. kind. All right. I saw a great... Um, I saw a great, uh, like a like a homemade campaign thing the other day. It said once once you go Barack, you never go back. <laughs> it was really really great. It was on like some homemade, you know, like MySpace.com slash like you know guys and guys in Texas for Barack Obama or something. And it was really wonderful. Oh wait, I think we have a question about hooks on your or an answer about hooks on your hands. Somebody asked maybe you could just put tennis balls on the ends. I don't think that works. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi. Did you just break your pen? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Hi. Uh, well, now my phone doesn't work. All right. Uh, anywho, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So now we have uh, more comments from uh, Governor Schwarzenegger about uh, what's his name quitting the uh, the office. Well, he was already yeah. Amount of divisiveness there is in a party during that process, the better it is in the end. I think it will benefit, you know, Senator McCain tremendously, and I hope that all of them eventually going to work together. Except for Mitt Romney, he's coming back in 2012. Of course, no, he's on the comeback trail. You can tell. All right, uh, let's try this again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, I wanted to help you out with that purple people leader reference you were trying to make just yes, a minute sir. ago. It uh, would be the one-eyed, one-hooked, pious little lethal preacher. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty funny. Well done, sir. Okay, uh, one other question for yeah. you real quick. Uh-huh. Um, you came to my house the other day, and I'm curious to see if that's just a normal thing. I've never heard of you doing something like that before. He's been to my house before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like last, Wednesday, last Wednesday, you came and brought 
tickets to Rothko Jenkins and called me from my front porch. Yes, no, that is true. Uh, so I was very surprised to hear that you would go to my house. Well, that's interesting. We've had two calls about this in one day now. Uh, so we, we haven't really, and one email from one of my friends. And we had an email. We, uh, we haven't really talked about this a lot on the air just because it's, uh, it's a thing that we're sort of doing, you know, like like in person. And you don't want to waste a lot of time talking about it. But, yes. but so what we've started doing is uh, every week, you know, we have the glorious bastards and the people who yeah. are, you know, listeners to the station. So every week, uh, we have started going out, and we'll take uh, 10 or 12 people who listen to the show or who are big listeners to the station, and we'll stop by their house and, like, uh, you know, give their hand a shake and thank them for listening. And uh, I think, yeah, last week it was... Last week it was passes to that terrible uh, Martin Lawrence film. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go. Sorry. It's, but, uh, it's just an irreplaceable <laughs> opportunity. Uh, it really is. That's the that it's really the luck of the draw when it comes to what you get. Um, okay. This this week it was uh, tickets to that Will Ferrell thing, and I think next week it's some foreign uh, cop film or whatever. But uh, that uh, from Sundance. But. Anyway, well, I wasn't so, a glorious bachelor of the week. I was just someone that you just randomly picked out and came uh, on the house. Yeah, so, it, so but really what it is is uh, so we pick 10 or 12 people. We go, we pick a night, and then this uh, woman, Terry, and I, she's on the street team, we go and we go down the whole list, and we stop at people's houses, and we just knock on the door, and if they're home, we say, hey, uh, you know, I'm Rick Emerson. Thanks for listening to the show or the station. I got you. Here's a movie pass. If they're not home, we leave a little thing saying, hey, looks like, hello, sorry we missed you, blah, blah, blah. But you, I think if I remember correctly, you weren't there, but your right. wife slash girlfriend was there. Yeah, she's my ex. Actually, I don't live there anymore. Okay, but that's all very awkward. She thought you were hot. Well, all right, and she's apparently available. Apparently. Uh, anyway, so so we nodded. You weren't there, but I think I think she had your phone number or your cell phone yeah. number, and so we called you from your front porch. But I think we had to leave you a message. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was very surprised, but at least now I know I'm not being stalked. So no, no, no. Well, you are, but, you know, it's well, just in, sense, in, the, in, it's the good, good in the good way, yeah. So, Do you have time for me to ask you one more question that I wanted to ask you for a long time? Yes, sir. Um, I used to drive for Radio Cab, uh-huh. and a couple of years back, that crazy 105.9 station that changes to a different format every year or so, yes. uh, it went from Rosie to being this... I don't. I've never. I've never seen anyone that's heard of it. But it was something that they called Quick 106, and they played like some boys would say number 216, and they play like 15 seconds of a Beethoven song, and then they'd say number 471, right. and they play some 15 seconds of a Bon Jovi song. Right. And every now and then they'd have a commercial that came on. And it was like it was on 78. Talking about called it short attention span radio or something. Yes. Was that a joke? Yeah, it's with the DJs. No, radio stations do something uh, when they change formats called stunting, and stunting is when they have a novelty format, and it's a transition between two regular formats. So, in other words, uh, I worked at a station one time. It was a new age radio station. Imagine how mind-numbing that was to work for. Uh, but they were a new age station, and they were going to flip to an oldies format. But to get attention, what they did is they played Louie Louie nonstop for a solid week, 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. For seven days, terrible. they played Louie Louie over and over and over, and it was to get everybody's attention. And then at the end of that kind of week, they flipped to a, you know, just a regular oh. early tournament. It's called stunting. And it's okay. basically where you, yeah, you put on a gimmick format to get, like stations have done all Beatles or all, like, cricket chirping sounds and gotcha. I worked for a station one time that just had an automated voice counting down from one million and then every five minutes it would give a like a quote from a movie and then it would go back to the countdown and at the end of a million like they changed to a rock oh. station or something so I see yeah okay because well Don and Mike were saying something about you know how only have to pay them royalties if you play the song for more than 20 seconds I thought maybe it had something to do with that yeah, there's, different, there's different royalty structures and that typically has to do Ooh. with if you're doing a cover version of a song but yeah so. okay well anyway I figured if anyone knows you I appreciate it and thank I you. love the show. All right, thank you, sir. All right, all right. Well, that's kind of weird, actually, because we've been doing the not to be all about us, but we've been doing that thing of going door to door for 
I don't know, a month and a half now. And it's weird that just as of today, we've started to get a couple calls about it. So we haven't really talked about it on the air because what I, you know, I don't know if there was much point. But yeah, so he that's happened a couple times actually, where uh, I've gone to somebody's house, knock on the door, and then it's always the guy who's not home. The guy won't be home, but like the wife or the girlfriend or this case, the ex answers the door, and I'll say, "Hello, is Brian here?" And it's like, and, and, and he won't be. But then without exception, the wife will always invite us in and demand that we call him wherever he is, and like you know. Which then puts me in the awkward position of going, Hi, it's Rick Emerson. I'm in your living room. So I'm trying to make it or sound... Or not so much in the living room anymore, if that's his ex. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? I, uh, I got a relative that works uh, with the jail, and I asked him what they would do with hook hands. <laughs> and uh, he said what they would do is they wouldn't let him take them in, but they would uh, keep them in seclusion so they'd be by themselves so they can't get beat up. Yeah, but, I mean, how does he brush his teeth? Well, I, my guess would be that the way he made it sound was that someone will come in and help him do that. They'll, you know, cuff him up or strap him in, however they do that, and then just have someone, you know, brush, tell him to spit, you know, shovel food in their mouth for him. That's got to suck because then if you're like, what if you're trying to read a book? You have to call a guy every time you need to turn the page? <laughs> yeah, I think you're kind of just screwed. So I guess the moral of the story is, if you have hook hands, you better stay on the straight and narrow, because life on the inside is tough. What about personal yeah. hygiene? Well, that's my thing. Yeah, what if it, what if one uses the bathroom and has to clean up afterward? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's a they, bad job. Imagine having to be uh, that guy. If they have, like, a prosthetic that's an actual hand and not a hook, they'll let them keep those. If you had the Borat rubber hand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have big latex fist? <laughs> I was like, can I bring this latex fist in with me? Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bye. KCMD Portland. Here's Tim Riley. Tomorrow's the first anniversary of the death of Anna Nicole Smith. Really? Oh. Yeah. A year? It's been a year. That doesn't seem possible. Jesus. Uh, we were sitting right here in this very room when it happened. Mm -hmm. It seems like yesterday. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it seems like yesterday. Yeah. Damn, man. It'll be yesterday, a year tomorrow. Uh, Amy Winehouse can't go to the Grammy Awards. She can't get to the U.S. Her visa has been rejected. In your face. By the American Embassy in London. So there. Uh, lots of other music news here. Let's see. I had more stuff. Oh. Oh. Now Tina Turner is going to be in the Grammy lineup. She is a six-time Grammy winner. She'll join the uh, current double nominee, Beyonce, for a special performance. She'll be accompanied by the Kid Rock, jazz pianist Eldar, uh, jazz saxophonist Dave Cause, and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, I don't know any that of nobody cares about. Now. Avril Lavigne is uh, bringing a change to her next tour, a change of clothes and a change of stage shows. Her upcoming roadshow will include the multiple outfits that she hasn't worn in quite some time. She says she was inspired to make changes by fellow singers Mariah Carey and Gwen Stefani. Uh, she adds, quote, they go off stage ten freaking times. Do you, do you know anybody who's really excited about, like, a new Avril Lavigne tour or concert at this point? As much as... Gwen Stefani. Yeah, but I mean, Gwen Stefani, though, she still has. Don't you think Gwen Stefani's got sort of late 20-something to, like, mid-30s women who are still into her? That's, I'm not really into her anymore. Of, maybe not you, but, I mean, you've got I better musical well, taste than most people. Peers. But, uh, but, but, peers but I mean, girls your age, and can't, I mean, really, let's be honest. Can't you see, like, some 34-year-old woman in Tigard who thinks, who still thinks she's all that, really being, no, 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 my girlfriends and I are going to go see Gwen Stefani. You know, and it's, mm. where it's like her and her girlfriend stopping up at TGA Fridays to get loaded and then going to see Gwen Stefani while the husbands are stuck at home at like on Winter Green Lane with the children. 
Um, I don't know anybody who, even young girls, like, you know, Joni's daughter, I don't know anybody who would be, Ava Levine, sign me up. Like, I I just don't know who her audience would be at this point. I guess it doesn't really matter Canadians? to me. Canadians? Maybe. Well, you know, as dumb as that sounds, that might be it, actually. Because, you know, Canadians, well, that's just some of the worst music ever up there. So it's like you got to any port in a storm. Um, you know what I've been, uh, speaking of Canadian music, you know what I've been on the trail of lately, and I'm, I'm finding it difficult to locate. I'm trying to find some of Alanis Morissette's pre-Jagged Little Pill records. Oh. Because the thing is, they're awful. Oh, and she's because, a pop singer, right? And a rapper, and was rapping. Oh. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, her record label, when Jagged Little Pill was such a hit, Interscope or whoever it was, had to, like, had them all removed and taken off the market and destroyed. So if you've got any of Alanis Morissette's pre-Jagged Little Pill music, you hook a brother up because... Uh, her record company had them all removed from the marketplace so they couldn't be found. So uh, I, of course, now have to find it. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Now, why don't we do a Britney watch and get that out of the way? Fantastic. Here's your... Oh, don't even get me started. I, my wife and I got to do not a fight, but uh, kind of old... Because my wife works in a nuthouse, and uh, so we got into this whole discussion about how I feel... Like, I was weighing in with my opinion on what Britney, Britney's medical treatment ought to be. Here's a uh, Britney watch for Thursday. Observation. This is something that just occurred to me now. The state of, of local radio, not just in Portland, but in this country, is just so awful. Do you realize that even though we only play about 14 seconds of that song by Nickel Arcade, mm-hmm. we, pro- we probably support uh, local music just by, even if we didn't play other local bands, which we do, mm-hmm. but just by dint of using that Nickel Arcade song for the Britney Watch, this station, uh, which run, probably supports local music more than like any other station in the, in the state. I mean, it's just sad. Because it's so hard for a local band to get real airplay anymore. Uh, you know, a local, the local band to get attention from a radio station is tremendously difficult. I mean, the bar is set so low that I actually I feel good every time I hear that song, knowing that we're kind of doing our part. They're a nice group of kids. Yeah, they are. Fresh, fresh scrubbed young lads. Yeah, they are. Uh, Brittany is out and apparently back up to her old tricks again. Uh, oh, she's already talking in the goddamn British accent. I saw that mm-hmm. just being a raging Oh, kid. man, I just want to punch her. Just, just, I want to give her such a kick. So she, she was back out in the streets of L.A. with paparazzi in tow. Local news helicopters uh, show the bizarre chase on live TV. At one point, Brittany stopped driving and traded places with her passenger, reportedly a male bodyguard. The incident ended when Brittany's car pulled into the Beverly Hills Hotel and was swarmed by paparazzi. Her paparazzi pal, Ednan Gullib, met her there, then drove her to the office of her new attorney, Adam Streisand. Britney's father, uh, Jamie, is still maintaining his conservatorship over uh, Britney's finances. I, I got a couple things. First of all, Tim, do you have another one of those French vanilla creamers? They're usually in Sarah Dillon's corner. Sarah, do you have a French vanilla creamer? You want one, do you? I'm... He says suspiciously. Oh, I have one. Can I have that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, thinking, I, I'm thinking I might want one. I'm, you know, I'm going to get myself another cup of coffee, and I'm thinking that a little French vanilla, a little splash of flavor in my life might be just what I need, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soon you'll be talking in tongues. Just like Britney. Uh, let's see. Oh, let me, let me fill this cup of coffee, and then I'll make this observation. All so, right. Yeah. So, Brittany is back to talking in the British accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the British accent. Uh, last night, and I was... And, of course, Laura has been out of the country for two and a half weeks. She was in Panama. And, um... 
So, boy, you know, can I tell you something my wife got really tired of? Every time leading up uh, to her trip to Panama, every time she would say the word Panama, I would start going, dun, 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 dun. she grew tired of that, like, after like an hour. Um, but, so she's been in Panama, so she doesn't know any of the stuff that Brittany has done for the last couple of weeks. My wife and I are talking. And, I, of course, I was on one of my Britney tirades around the house, which I really don't do that often. But I clicked on the TMZ before I went to bed, as I always do. And it was like, Britney, back to speaking in British accent. And there's some video of Britney is acting like a total C, you know, on camera, uh, talking like she's from the east end of London. And I, I went on the single line, like, God damn her and her stupid British accent. Boy, I want her to be covered in fire ants or something. And Laura said, what do you mean British accent? And I said, you know, Britney and her British accent. And Laura had no idea because she'd been out of the country. She hadn't. And I had to explain to her, and I still don't think she really believed me. Mm-hmm. I told her, I'm like, go to TMZ tomorrow, look up. Or like, go to YouTube, I'm sure they're yeah, up there, too. type in, like, Britney, British accent, and you'll see it. I, I think she thought I was sort of making it up or exaggerating it. And I was trying to explain to my wife, who works with crazy people all day, uh, that Britney was talking in a British accent for no reason. And then I said, you know what it is? It, because she was trying to say that, you know, Britney... Um, uh, you know, that, that, that even when she's not, you know, that, that she has moments where she's, uh, you know, uh, really lucid and normal and where she's just walking around. And, and my wife said something like, you know, just because you don't wear panties doesn't mean you're crazy. And I allowed that that was true. But I said, yeah, but when you're walking around like in period underwear that are like all stainy. Ugh. And then she gave me that look and she goes, what do you mean? And I realized she'd missed that. And I had to give her this whole thing about how did, we saw the worst photograph. Like we saw what no man should see. And um, anyway, da 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 but hey, let me just make this one observation about Britney Spears, and then do you have more Britney news? Not really. Okay, I'm going to make this one observation, and we'll close it out, because otherwise I'm just going to start bitching about the whole thing. Here's what here's what what doesn't make any sense to me. A, her father has this conservatorship, which, as I understand it, lets him decide, decide who she sees, it lets him veto or approve any of her contracts or purchases, and lets him decide where she's living. And the parents put out a press release yesterday saying that they didn't want the hospital to let her out, that the hospital released her against their wishes. So I guess my question is, if they have this conservatorship but they can't control anything, like what apparently is useless. So I guess this this legal power they've got over Brittany is like non-existent because they demanded that the hospital not release her, and then the hospital did. And then and then like Brittany went to stay at a hotel, and the parents demanded that the hotel not give Brittany a room, and the hotel did anyway. So I guess there's just like no teeth in whatever this legal decree is at all. Secondly, here's the thing that irritates me about her getting out before the 14 days, and it really has nothing to do with the fact that it's Brittany. Uh, I would say this about anybody, because my wife made the point. My wife said, "Well, you know, sometimes that happens with us, where people are, you know, they drop people off at my crazy ward, and then we let them go in a few days because they're no longer crazy." And I made the observation that, I mean, you know, Sarah is uh, in her late 20s. Sarah's gone, I would imagine, her entire life without ever having the government determine that you were, quote, a danger to yourself or others. Tim, I would imagine in your entire news gathering and disseminating life, you have never been classed as a danger to yourself or others by the government. No. I have never been classed as uh, 35 years on this planet. I have never been deemed so dangerous to myself and to others, including children, that I had to be locked up. Britney's done that twice in three weeks. Twice in three weeks, she was determined to be so crazy and dangerous, she had to be locked up and tied down. Mm-hmm. And in a padded room, I remember yeah. people reporting. Yeah, you're done with chances at that point. Like, if the government determines twice in three weeks that you are so dangerous you can't be left walking around, that's it. You're going away for like a year. You're, you will, we'll check in with you in 2009. You are off the streets until then. And I'm simply saying this as like a taxpayer. 
and is somebody who, you know, doesn't really want, you know, crazy, dangerous people walking around. So the idea that she has done in less than three weeks what all of us have managed to live our entire lives and to never do indicates that they ought to stick her in a hole and leave her in a hole and check in with her eight, nine, ten months from now. That's all I'm saying. The whole thing just kind of irritates me. Well, that's the end of the Britney Watch. <sighs> I feel better. All right, there's your Britney Watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. These calls are on hold. Hang on. We'll get to you in a second. Here's Tim Riley with more news. Let's uh, talk about American Idol because it's on the television. Can I tell you what Dave Zinn is reading right now? What might that be? Dave Zinn, and I'm ma- not making this up. Our gatekeeper upstairs, Dave Zinn, is reading, I swear to you, chicken soup for the American Idol soul. No. Yes. What? It's true. How is that possible? I hope he, he might be at lunch right now. Hello. Oh, how are you? This is not Dave's in. Uh, Hey, did Dave leave his copy of Chicken Soup for the American Idol Soul up there? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, let me me peek around. He may have taken it to lunch with him. I think he may. But you know the book I'm talking about. Yes, I do. See, there you go. I'm not making it up. All right. (laughs) I just saw it on his desk yesterday. All right. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. Bye. Bye. So we're all reading silly books. I'm reading Lost in Philosophy. Yeah, no, and I was at a coffee shop yesterday, and I felt like such an, a tool you know, reading it. I'm like, be you know what, I want to. You know, be proud. There's no, nothing to be ashamed of. All right, here's Tim Brown. So uh, let's listen to some of the best of the rest from the American Idol program. From the massive T-shirt <laughs> to the eyes, everything was just mad. Even though I'm holding your dog, and I love your dog, it was honestly, it was <laughs> torture. Notes were all over the place. It was painful. I couldn't recognize the song. It ended for me when the weird striptease started. I knew it. And then the terrible singing. Hey, you know what? I bet Simon Cowell gets laid constantly by the he's, hottest women on earth. He's married to a really hot woman. Is he? Uh-huh. Really? I didn't know. I had knew nothing of his personal life. Uh, but uh, I... I bet women love Simon Cowell. I mean, he's a good-looking man, and he's... I know the uh, girls that like to get smacked around a little bit. No, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Girls Daddy who, complex girls. Yes. Girls who've been bad and need to be punished. Uh, so, go for, good for you, Simon. You know, the, and can I say this? Although I don't like American Idol, I do like Simon Cowell. I have to tell you that. Um, uh, you know, the rest of like Ryan Seacrest and Paul Abdul and whatever. Yeah, that's you know, his I, wife. I don't really care. His, he's engaged his fiance. Oh, yeah, See, he, go, Simon. Yeah, he's doing well. I, uh, you know, I dislike Paula Abdul, and I'm indifferent to the rest. I kind of dislike Ryan Seacrest. Um, it, I like Simon Cowell. I really do. Here's Tim Riley. Who else is in rehab today, you ask? Kirsten Dunst has checked into Cirque Lodge Rehab in Utah. Uh, the Spider Lady star burst into tears when she checked in. She desperately needs help, said someone in Utah. She seems to be intoxicated. Even at the time she checked in, she was acting very erratic. She was extremely emotional, constantly breaking down and in tears. She'll be in A-list company at Cirque Lodge. Ava Mendez, wherever she is, checked into the center last week to be treated for personal issues, although she left yesterday at personal business and some shopping. The actress uh, tells uh, Page Six that uh, she'll be returning shortly, though. They also hosted Lindsay Lohan last year, where she underwent a two-month program. 
That was her third stint in rehab. You know, what I'm surprised that nobody has really done, I mean, they've done celebrity rehab, but I wish that somebody would do a reality show that shows, like, for one of these, you know, Kirsten Dunst types to go into one of those plush celebrity rehab joints and to really see what the actual day-to-day of it is like. Uh, I mean, maybe they do. I kind of I kind of quit watching Celebrity Rehab just because I just, I'm just not much of a reality show fan. But So maybe they already do that. But I would really like to know what it's really like. Inside of there? Yeah, exactly. Especially one of these plush places. Well, especially even people complain that all the celebrities are getting like different treatment than totally. other people. Yeah. And I'll never feel sorry for Kristen Dunst because she got to sleep with Jake Gyllenhaal. She's got did not. weird bug eyes. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a day after asserting the interrogation technique known as waterboarding is legal... The White House is refusing to say today whether or not the practice is torture. Uh, Deputy White House spokesman Tony Fratto says the condemned technique is Tony not... Fratto? Tony Fratto. Is that Tony... Uh... Not, not, not to be confused, Tony Frodo. Tony, Tony Fratto. Stefano Buns Fratto. Mm-hmm. He said the condemned technique is not part of the CIA's current program. That there would be any uh, uh, change in authorized techniques within the program that would go through a process that include, includes a, a legal review... Uh, that would go uh, be conducted by the Attorney General. That said nothing. No. Uh, Tony Fratto said waterboarding has been stopped, even though we never did it. I think it's important to note, as uh, General Hayden did, and uh, and I believe uh, Attorney General McCasey, that that technique is not part of the current program. Uh-huh. It hasn't been for a long time. No, of course not. Not no, the current program. Never do that, no. Uh, high winds blew down some trees in southeast today. Oh, man, the wind last night was insane. It was terrible. Uh, especially in southeast for some reason. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. A big tree fell down an apartment building near Southeast 37th and Francis. Nobody was injured. Then along Mount Adams Drive near Fairmont in Southwest, PGE crews are cleaning up debris from a tree that fell on power lines, knocked out electricity to uh, rich people's homes. And uh, there's another big tree down to Southeast 155th and Alder. Wind gusts in Newport reached 58 miles an hour. That's worse than Portland. Wind gusts were reported at 36 miles an hour at the airport. And 49 uh, miles an hour in the coup. And I'm pretty sure there was thunder last night, there was too. Thunder. It was scary. It was, like... The loud, total... bad thunder? Yeah, because I, I walked to the store, and I came back. It was, like, 1030 at night, and it was it was completely downpour. Couldn't see through the rain. The wind was coming in all directions. Oh. My lawn chairs blew off my porch. Yeah, it would, actually, when it was... Those people kind of just doing the door-to-door thing. When Terry and I were walking around doing the door-to-door thing last night, there was... You'd step out of the vehicle, and that wind would just, like, whip the, the, the rain wire right in your face. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A man barricaded himself into a house after telling police he killed three relatives and opened fire in a SWAT team this morning in L.A. Five people, including a cop and a gunman, were killed. It began this morning in uh, the San Fernando Valley. About six hours later, police lobbed tear gas into the home and hit it repeatedly with a battering ram. About 90 minutes later, the house was seen on fire. Two officers were inside the home shortly after uh, police arrived. The police later exchanged gunfire with the suspect again, and he went down. After the fire, the suspect was taken into custody. He pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, both officers were taken to Northridge Medical Center. So, uh, boy, that's a lot of people. So that took place in the valley where nobody wants to be. A New Zealander ended up in court after punching a man over a breach of urinal etiquette. Eddie Aldrich punched his victim twice after he used the urinal next to him at a pub in Christchurch. He accused the victim of looking at him. Speaking in his defense, uh, the counselor said, This incident arose from what I understood is urinal etiquette. When the victim spoke to the defendant, he was effectively smirking. The defendant was outraged. First of all, two things. A, this is a thing women don't ever have to deal with. Unless you're like in Asia where I think they just have troughs in some of those bathrooms. Um, the, uh, 
I, women don't ever have to deal with the the you know just how do how do you you know do you, do you look do you talk to you whatever and of course guys just default to looking straight ahead saying nothing but it is totally emblematic of the guy condition that he punched a guy and when pressed as to why his reason was he looked at me mm. that is totally I remember just being an idiot teenager in stupid goddamn Kennewick. And going out cruising on Friday nights, which is what you did. And so go, I remember going out with my friend Brian, and he would be driving, and I would be sitting in the passenger seat and driving around aimlessly, always somehow thinking we were about to get laid. We never got laid. That never happened. Uh, but driving, driving like, well, how many choices do you have in Kennewick, really? <laughs> well, there, there was just this girl, Tina. That was in there. She was, if she wasn't home, you were out of luck. Um, but um, anyway, but driving around. And uh, we would stop at a red light, and then, like, some other guy would, would idle up next to us at the red light. And I remember a couple occasions, like, driving around. This is before I decided it was wise to change up friends. Um, because he was a friend I'd had for a long time since I was a little kid. But as we grew older, I just became more and more nerdy, and he became kind of a hoodlum. And so I, at some point, decided that was the wrong guy to be around. But we would be at a stoplight or a red light, and a car would pull up next to us. And he would look over, and the guy in the other car would look over. And they would sort of look at each other for a minute, and like, and then like one of you looks half a second too long. That's how uh, it works with guys. Guys are idiots. No, guys are guys are. Guys my friend got are my friend got into a fight yesterday uh, a couple of days ago because freaking looking at me. Yeah, it was the exact same thing. It's idiots. like I think that you brushed my shoulder and then bam, punch in the face. That's the thing. Is so the guy in the other car would look at Brian for like half a second too long, and I I clearly remember on several occasions him saying, "I'm beat that guy's ass." Why? He was freaking looking at me. And you're just like. Uh, Okay, like, there's really just no way to argue against that. So I decided to start staying home. Here's Tim Riley. I believe this would be classified as a Darwin watch. That really? Excellent. Yeah. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Go, go, go. train driver who left aboard a runaway train to stop it after uh, having left the brake off at a station was killed when the stunt backfired. This uh, engineer was at a train station in the central town of, oh, not even good, well, something Romanian, when he realized he'd forgotten something very important when he went in to get some papers. The town of Killingstad. He had uh, forgot to put the handbrake on for the engine. <laughs> when the train started moving off without him, he flagged down a taxi and said, follow that train. Really? So when the taxi driver cut up to the train, he jumped aboard the moving train, but slipped and fell under its wheels, and he was crushed to death. Oh, That's but you got to give him points for having for like finding it. First of all, I guess how many how many people could be taking cabs in Romania? I mean, what is it you're taking a cab to go see? Tell me about that pile of rocks. Uh, but he gets in a cab, and starts chasing the train. That you, now here's the thing. You know what's true. You know that right now. Like, Michael Bayer, Jerry Bruckheimer's hearing the story, and they're writing to put in next Die Hard film. That'll totally be in an action film in America within the next 18 months. You mark my freaking words. And then he tried to jump, but, you know, here's the thing is, don't try jumping onto a train. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that seems romantic when you see it in films. Take one trip It like always a, ends in just being squished on the It, it ends in leglessness, usually, uh, or lifelessness in this case. So, But points for trying. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, well done on that. Not so much on the living part, but can't have everything. There's your Darwin watch. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted us. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted us. And another one done. And another one done. Another one busted us. Hey. Here's Tim Riley. So whatever became of that toe-licking robber in Minneapolis, you ask? The man who robbed a woman of her keys and cell phone then licked her toes has been sentenced to five years probation. Carlton Jermaine Davis faces 21 months in prison if he fails to complete probation of the robbery charge. According to a criminal complaint, Davis approached the woman at 1 o'clock in the morning as she was leaving work and forced her to put her phone and purse inside a bag. Then he told her, now I'm going to suck your feet. You know, sound real. the thing was the, the palpable menace that you injected into that reed just now. Now I'm going to suck your feet. Uh, he was arrested about four blocks away. <laughs> Sarah, let me ask you this. If oh, you ha- is this going to be another would you rather? Yeah. Okay. Okay, would you rather have a guy suck both of your large toes or lovingly lick the webbing between your pointer finger and your middle finger? Oh, that's a bad one. Yeah. Well, what's the, what's the point if it's easy? So I guess because one's more remote, but the other's sort of more intimate. But you know, it's only once, like one hand, like just. Yeah, a, I think I might go for the hand. Like it's only one hand, like the webbing between like the, that way they're not like, these two fingers in your left hand. Putting anything fully in their mouth. You yeah, know? that's right. They're not consuming. Yeah. You. They're not enveloping any part of oh. your body. All right, wonderful. That was bad. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick. Yeah. Um, you can ask hey, me one someday common- if you want. Is it common knowledge what this waterboarding is? And uh, Because I have no idea what it is, and why is it such a big deal? Here's what they do. They cover up your mouth. Uh, they strap you to a board. They cover your mouth, and then they begin pouring water on your face, and it, quote, induces the sensation of imminent drowning, end quote. Have you ever almost uh, drowned? Um, oh, well. Have you ever, probably, have you ever been? I've maybe almost, almost drowned. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, if, you, if you've ever, if you've ever, you know, slipped beneath the water and have almost drowned, first of all, uh, I've done that and it's not fun. It is. Awful. It's the worst feeling ever. Um, oh, sure. So, um, but they strap you to a board, they cover your mouth, and then they pour water on you, and you feel your your brain and your body feel as though you are about to drown. So. Well, that's probably not so comfortable. No, no, and I in what. Like, I don't want to get all serious about it, but in what universe that's not considered torture, I don't really know. I mean, if that's not torture, I, I really don't, I really don't know what, what we would, what would be considered torture if that's not, so. Ishtar or Chile? Um, well, I go with Ishtar. All right, then. All right, thank you. Bye. There you go. I mean, I'm supposed, I mean, I suppose there's other things they could do that I suppose they could, uh, you know, be be jamming a pen into your eye or something. But seriously, like for our and I'm not this is the only thing I'll say about it because I don't be all serious. But really, for our government to say that that's not torture just really does make us look like the biggest evil jackasses on the planet. I mean, it really just just offend me on the deepest level. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. I mean, it, clear. I'm not saying there aren't people who deserve to be tortured. Clearly, the world's full of people who should just be outright killed. Let's be honest. But just be honest about it. Go, well, he's a terrible guy. We'd like to see him go slowly. Just say, you know, at least then you're being upfront. Hi, what's up? Hi, Rick. Is it all of us together? Us? Hey, this is Randy in uh, Vegas. Randy in Vegas. Hello, sir. Hey, uh, I was going to call you earlier, but I was enjoying a delicious Tommy's chili burger. Oh, it, oh up yours. Uh-huh. Seriously. <laughs> oh, so wait, hold on. So you got a, in Vegas, you have Tommy's, you have In-N-Out, do you have Fat Burger? Yes. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, oh. it's right on the strip. Oh. Fantastic. 
I heard when the fat burger had gone away, though. I wasn't sure. No, no, they're everywhere. You can't uh, swing a dead cat without oh, hitting a uh, fat I burger. I love fat burger. And All I, right. Okay, uh, I was going to talk to you about Night Rider, of course. Uh, Night Rider, uh, you were commenting a couple of weeks ago, since I'm so far behind on the podcast, about how uh, similar Night Rider is to uh, how Kit is to Cylons. Right? Well, he's got that 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 eye thing, that light. That's yeah. because they have the same daddy. How That's, do you mean, uh, Glenn Larson? Glenn Glenn Larson. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Glenn Larson created Knight Rider. Yeah, he created Knight Rider, and uh, I don't know if you... Well, you were Weird. talking about you don't like the Mustang, right? The new Knight Rider? Well, star. I'm a, kind of a purist. Well, you remember the, the hideous movie, Knight Rider 2000? Yes. Uh, in which a kit was destroyed, uh, they introduced a new a new kit car right. and, uh, and uh, a chick to drive it. Right. Of course, I don't know how they resolved that, and then killed Devin and all this. Yes. But... Uh, that car was not any uh, discernible make that I could tell. No, it's it really, I mean, i got to tell you, first of all, let's be really clear about something. I don't care that much about Knight Rider. This is not like, um, you know, this is not, I'm not going to be one of those Gen X guys. They can't defile Knight Rider. Uh, it's, you know, but let's just, gotta, let's all get a hold of ourselves. You have to watch the show just to hear Kit say Michael. Okay, but think, you, Devin, think about that. But here's the thing: uh, did you did you hear now that Will Arnett, who is Job on Arrested Development, is no longer the voice of Kit? Oh well, then screw it. The hell with it. They got no. rid of him because I think they figured out that Michael. I think they figured it was going to be silly. So now I swear no, to you. No, no, no. It's because he had a contract with Chevrolet. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it was a conflict of uh, interest. It's now going to be. Wait for it. One of the greatest actors of our time is lowering himself to be the voice of Knight Rider. Yes, Val Kilmer. Is the new voice of Kit, so... Oh, well, I, I want nothing to do with it. I wash my hands. My chili stained Tommy's hands at the whole thing. Okay. Uh, hey. Well, there you go. Double down on 11 for me, sir. Will do. Thanks, Thanks Rick. I regret nothing. Yeah. Bye. Okay. There you go. i got to go to Vegas. God, I miss going to Vegas. I haven't gone to Vegas. And Tim, last time we went to Vegas... Well, you've probably been more recently than any of us. You went to see Madonna. Yeah, but, see, 18, Madonna a couple times. 18 months ago? Two years ago? Something like that? Let's see. The year before last? And the year, and her last tour before that. Uh, that was with the with, with the, uh, the, uh, the the with the mirror ball cross. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sarah, Vegas, last time. Uh, a couple, few years ago. I don't think I've gone to Vegas. I think it's three, been like maybe four years since I've gone to Vegas. Yeah, I think I went right after you. I gotta fix that. I gotta fix that situation. We almost we went there for go. Christmas. Laura and I almost went there on Christmas, uh, and then and we didn't. But uh, I'm still, I'm gonna do that one of these days. I would love to go to Vegas with you because since you guys don't you know imbibe any cocktails, and I don't like to gamble. You guys can gamble, and I'll just get your free drink. Well, Laura drinks. Oh. No, no, no. She, no, no, no. I, you know, I gamble and don't drink. She both drinks and gambles. Let's not, let's, let's just patch this illusion that my wife doesn't drink. My <laughs> wife hella drinks. No, my wife, my wife drinks like a fish in Vegas. Let's, which is fine because the drinks are typically really watered down there anyway. So you can drink all day and you all get night. The dollar margaritas. You know, her drink of choice at the tables is white Russians. Um, she'll just sit down. She'll go to the craps table, and my wife plays her game is craps. Um, and uh, she'll either play craps or poker all night, and she will just uh, white Russians one after another while, you know, hard ten, you know. So, anyway, here's Tim Riley. Uh, police in St. Augustine, Florida, have arrested a motorist, they say, had a 24-pack of beer strapped in the seatbelt, but a 16-month-old girl unrestrained in the back seat. Where? Ah. Uh, Tina Williams was pulled over in St. Augustine for allegedly running a red light. A 24-pack of bush beer was strapped in with, <laughs> with a passenger-side seatbelt, according to the report. The girl was in the back seat with 20-year-old uh, Amber Tedrick, who's the toddler's mother. Uh, the woman who was driving said she didn't know why the child wasn't restrained. Williams had refused to take a breath test, and a deputy found two metal pipes commonly used to smoke drugs in her purse. 
She's charged with driving under the influence, child abuse, possession of drug paraphernalia, driving without a license. And so the kid wasn't strapped in, but the 24-pack of Bush beer was strapped in. Well, that can go flying if you stop quickly. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, it wasn't even a high-quality beer. No, 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 let's make We're sure this natural light is secured. We're talking about Florida. I suppose. Where? What are we talking about? Why'd you have to ruin it for me, Rick? I beat you. I got a terrible toe-suckling email we can get to in a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hello. Uh, going to Vegas on Saturday so we can get the important stuff out, out right. Oh, man. So that guy, so Randy was just telling me, uh, I think he sent me an email. So they opened a Tommy's, Tommy's of L.A. in Vegas, which is great. Tommy's is one of the all-time great fast food places, yeah. Okay, I was uh, I heard this waterboarding situation, so I started studying. Of course, everything online is true, so uh, I started reading about that. And you know that goes way back. I mean, this goes like to the Civil War. Well, that they I don't really know doing this. I, I don't think that the issue. I don't think the notion of drowning people who you who displease you is really like a new concept. Oh, I agree. But what's interesting? I think they figured that out when they were pressing Goody Proctor between stones. The the people that administer this have to go through it. And they last 14 seconds. Yeah, no, it's it's a bad thing. I don't it think it's a thing really you'd bad, want to happen. You know to you. when they got the guy that was like the second guy to Bin Laden? Mm -hmm. He lasted two and a half minutes. Really? I mean, <laughs> that get, really does says he get a prize for that? <laughs> really? Does he? You know, and the, here's the other thing. This is the final thing I'll say about it because otherwise you're going to turn into the Dennis Miller show. But uh, the, the thing about waterboarding, here's here's what I don't ever need to hear again, regardless of what side of the aisle anybody is on. Please, 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 can people quit saying this? Can people quit using the show 24 as an example of why we need waterboarding? Every single person who's like, well, you know, but here's why we need waterboarding, because if it's one of those like Jack Bauer situations on 24 where the guy has information, if, if really the only explanation you can come up with, if the only rationale is based on a fictitious program on Fox, yeah, really, your, your argument is indefensible if you have to use something made up to justify it. I so, hear that. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Here's Tim Riley. Why is it that Angelina Jolie can travel around Iraq safely and the troops can't? Uh, she has those... Uh, no, I was no, I don't know where I was going with that. I was making a joke. Well, she's in Baghdad yeah. uh, trying to raise money for the poor people of Iraq. Really? Yeah. That's a good question. How is it that... I mean, you know, some people over there, the troops and citizens or whatever, shredded or blown to bits or injured or at least attacked, and yet Angelina goes there and just floats around like Glenda Goodwitch inside a bubble and comes home safe. That doesn't make any sense, actually. How does that happen? I don't know. Maybe the key is just to have Angelina Jolie with our troops at all times. You know what I mean? That would make more sense. Wouldn't like, it? I think who, whoever, who was it that made this observation? I think it might have been David Duchovny, of all people, who said... A lot of my observations come from him. Uh, I think David Duchovny said that whenever he gets on an airplane, and this happens you know, more in California, but if you get on an airplane and there's a celebrity on the plane, he says he immediately feels better because he's like, well, there's a celebrity on the plane. It can't crash. You know, like very, very rarely, like Aaliyah rarely, is there a plane that crashes killing a, somebody really famous. You know, usually if it's like a rock it's like a private plane. It's like you never hear about like a 747 from Delta going down and like, oh, and by the way, the entire cast of Full House was on it. It's like, if you get a plane, there's a celebrity, you're safe. Well, there are a couple of football teams, like famous football teams before. Well, there was a rugby team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they, most of the time, the stars uh, travel by those private airlines like Imus used to. Yes. I can't remember what the name of the Jets were. Used to. Now he's going everywhere in a crop duster. More than likely. <laughs> I don't know anything about him anymore. Uh, no, in fact, I was uh, reading Radio and Records magazine the other day in the yeah. kitchen. Uh, someone had sort of left it behind. And uh, there was a big thing about, you know, the, the year's biggest story is the return of Don Imus. Is it? No. No, it's not, Tim. It was for like a day. 
It was, and then everybody sort of forgot it existed. I certainly have. Okay. I think we have to break here. Uh, here's what's coming up. Well, what the hell is coming up? Oh, uh, let's see. We have um, Glorious Bastard of the Week. Uh, we'll do that. Oh, I got this um, this Panamanian radio thing to play. Oh, I like that. It is pretty great. I don't want to oversell it, but it's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, other crap. Oh, and it's the worst song you've ever heard on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Radio program. All right, uh, we got this Roomba thing to talk about here in a second. Uh, let's see what else. Roomba. It's the year of the rat. I got this call to get to, and I have an email about toe suckling. Who wants to hear the toe suckling email? You. Thank you, Sarah. We'll read that right now. Rick, I have a great toe suckling story. Says I am telling you. Now see, but the, here's the thing about reading this email. Reading this email is equal parts great and frustrating because I want to know more. Rick, I'm telling you the absolute truth. My toes were sucked by an intruder in my apartment no. near Lloyd Center. No. He said, and this person, um, I can't tell if it's a man or a woman, um, says this is the best party story ever. I guess this really would trump every story. Like if you were, the, um, the intruder cut holes in my brand new Christmas socks and then suckled away. They he cut left, holes. He left with a piece of my, my sock. I guess he wanted a souvenir. Sincerely, soggy socks. And that doesn't they, see. And they preface it by drunk or something. You, I've read the entire. Wait, okay, read, read the, email the entire again. email again. See, that's what I'm saying. You want to know more? So uh, I sound like dear Abby, dear soggy socks. Please email and Rick. I am telling the truth. My toes were sucked by an intruder in my apartment near Lloyd Center. This is the best party story ever. The intruder cut holes in my brand new Christmas <laughs> socks and suckled away. He left with a piece of my sock. I guess he wanted a souvenir. So she was at a party. I don't know that it's a woman. First of all, I'm assuming it is. No, no, no. I think she's saying that, like, if you're at a party and telling stories, this, like, trumps all. Oh, okay. Like, this is, like, this wins. Like, if you are swapping stories, this is, like, uh, you know, nothing can top this. Did did he ask for the Christmas socks specially, or were they already out? You know everything I know. I read the email Mm -hmm. in its entirety. And my whole thing is, like, he, let's assume it's a woman. She must have woken up, right? Like, it doesn't seem like, unless you're passed out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like... It, maybe. Like, I don't know, but... Maybe she was at a party. Maybe, maybe she, she was at a party, and she's, like, passed out in a spare room, and somebody got some scissors oh. cut off the... Oh. And went to town. Oh. oh, let me ask you this, Sarah. No. No, 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 it's not an either-or. Well, it sort of is, but it's different. Okay, let's say that you're this woman. You're at a party. You've had a few, maybe feeling under the weather. You can take a little nap. Go into a room. Pass out. Now. Oh. This happens to you, let's say. Somebody comes in. Sees your feet and says, oh, I'd like those feet in my mouth. It cuts off the toes of your socks, it, it sucks on your toes, and then vanishes. My question is, would Another you... Another no or not no? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Would you rather somehow wake up, look down, and put it all together, and know that that person was there while you were passed out and could have done whatever? Or would you rather sort of be dimly aware of it and, you know, and then, you know, in other words, aware or not aware, no or not no? Well, would I know who the person is, or would I just know that the act had occurred? Well, you'd have to know the act had occurred, right? 
I mean, if you wake up and somebody has cut off the toes of your socks. And they're a little wet. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let, how about this? What if you, would you rather just wake up and have your toes exposed and wet? Or uh, would you rather know like what happened? Like if there was a surveillance tape available. Oh, I'd rather know. You'd rather know? Because that, that's kind of, it's really creepy, but it's also hilarious. And that would be utterly humiliating to the person that did it. Yeah, I suppose. And I wouldn't be able to keep my mouth shut about it. Okay. What if What if it was never discovered who did it? What if you just see, what if you just see enough to realize what had happened? In other words, do you want to know why your toes are wet when you wake up? If I didn't know the specific person, I'd yeah. rather not know. Okay. All I don't right. think. So, because then you could tell yourself it was the dog or something. Yes. All right. That got the scissors and cut off the toes of my socks. Yeah. All right. Before we do anything else, uh, let's answer some burning questions that we all have here by uh, oh, doing this. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Rich. By Oh, yeah. Hurry back soon. It's quite pungent. He got halfway down the hall, turned around, went back. Oh, I think he got his headphones. All right, uh, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show uh, our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. Hello. All right, um, so we all have questions about the year of the rat. All right. Or whatever, the the happy, the new year, the whatever. It, so we're. let me just preface it by saying I'm kind of a moronic white guy and I don't know anything. So is it just the year of the rat in China? And it, in other words, it, it, is it the new year now? And if so, is that just for China or is that for other countries? Uh, well, I had to... I didn't know much about it, so I got on Wikipedia. Well, now, if I could just <laughs> cut right to one, cut right to the chase here. One of the questions we had. Now, you were speaking an Asian language this morning. Yeah. What, what was that? Speaking? What were you speaking? Uh, it's all. It's like Happy New Year in Vietnamese. It basically means give me money. <laughs> you say Chuck Mung Namai, and they give you uh, little red envelopes. With Are you fluent envelopes. in a language other than English? Oh, I have no comprending. Not really. Wait. So, do you speak enough Vietnamese to get by? Yeah, I understand more than I can speak. You, so you can hear it, but if you, so if I if I just you wake up and you in the middle of Vietnam somehow, you can get you enough that you can sort of get around and do what you need to do. No, really. So if can... Britney Spears started speaking Vietnamese, would you oh. be able to understand? Um. So, uh, all right. So this. So can please please to be saying any of the phrases that you know. Yeah. So what what can you say? Is there anything? Uh, clean? Tim was really excited. I, was, I didn't get to hear it because by the time I went down the hall, yeah, we were speaking. Well, the he English came again. to my office this morning and he had this little red envelope. And I go, what's that? And he goes, well, it's for... And I said, what's that? He goes, well, it's a thing where you go up and you say something in Vietnamese and they give you money. Well, before I say anything, can I have a question about FCC? Yes. Now, if I... Don't swear, uh, don't swear in another language. Yeah, in Vietnamese, do does it count? Don't swear. No, Richie, please don't Let's do not it. find out. Oh, okay. Mokai Babong Nam Sabai Tam Chin Mui. Jesus. What does that mean? What does it mean? Uh, it means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> it sounds so much more complex. <laughs> do it again, do it again. Mokai Babong Nam Sabai Tam Chin Mui. Uh, so, all right. So now, why do they read their bunch of sentences? I like that. It's sort of a weird, uh, the, the, yeah. not weird, but I mean, you know, it is a, it's a thing that's specific to certain cultures where, like, it's a, a sort of inflection or an accent. I guess we do it too. I'm just not really aware of it. Um, I'm, I'm probably not saying it right, though. Uh, really, look who you're talking to. I mean, you could really, you could tell us that you were reciting, uh, you know, like the St. Crispin's Day speech, and I wouldn't know. Um, so now, is it the Vietnamese New Year too, or is it only? I hate to sound like a dumb American, but is it like large sections of Asia that all have a New Year at once on some calendar, or is it just China? Well, the Chinese have a different new, different calendar. According to we use a Gregorian calendar. Yes, yes, we do. January first is New Year's. On their Tet calendar, it's uh, February seventh. Okay, so that's so today it is the new Chinese New Year. Yeah, but in other words, but it's not a holiday in Vietnam. Yeah, it's the biggest holiday of the year. It's bigger than Christmas for them. It, really? In Vietnam? Yes. Now, oh, if it's yeah. a Chinese New Year, why is it a holiday in Vietnam? Because they're all 
Asian. Everybody's Chinese. Richie said that, by the way. <laughs> Hello. Richie the Asian. Richie the Asian said that. No, but I mean, I, please, please don't call him Richie the Asian. I, I realize, I realize <laughs> now, though, that these are things I don't know. That so, even though it is the Chinese calendar. Uh -huh. There are other uh, Asian nations that then use it as a as a jumping off point for a celebration. Uh huh. So okay. like Canada does for us, kind of like Canada. Don't they copy us on Christmas? And well, New that's Year's? true. No, Canada really just gets everything. We're ju they're just a blurry Xerox of us. That is true. So is that here in Portland? If you go to like the Chinatown area now, and oh. you go up and you say the the, the magic phrase, a guy gives gives you an envelope. Yeah, you go to the casinos. It's all Vietnamese now. Uh huh. They're all gambling. That's why. So now explain the envelope of money thing to me because I was sort of fuzzy on that today. How does that work? Uh, there's different ones that say different things like you know peace, unity. But I mean, are you carrying some to give to other people? Hell us. no. <laughs> yes, to us. If I say something now, will I get well, some Vietnamese? Do they and do they give you a uh, dumb question? Do they give you dollars? Do they give you Vietnamese money? Uh, they give you well in Vietnam they give you Vietnamese money of course. Oh, but here okay. But so. Yeah. So what is the deal? Is it like just a gift exchange where you, if you walk up to a guy and you, you know the word or you say the right thing, he reaches into his pocket and he gives you an envelope with money in it? Uh, what it is, is I, what I've learned is if you're a parent, until you have kids, you give all the kids that are younger than right. you. If somebody's younger than you, you give it to them. But until you don't, like I don't have kids, right. so I don't have to give no money out. Okay, but once you have kids, once you have kids, and a younger person comes up and says the word, then you got to give it to them. Yeah, well, they, that's they, pretty good for a communist country. Really, I mean, it's I mean, it's pretty, money in a communist country. I mean, it's 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 pretty progressive. So, so have you? So now, have you done this already? Have you gotten cash from from folks? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Did you, you get up at the crack of dawn? Where, where do you Christmas. go for the Where do you go for these cash envelopes? Yeah, seriously. If I now, that's a good question. Now, I am not Asian, obviously. So, if I did this, would they give it to me? Uh, if you know somebody that knows... Oh, I'm so... Uh, man, I'm so tempted to go, like, to master the phrase and go try it on somebody. But you have to cross your, your hands and you say, ah, and then you say, chuck my eye, and it's like bowing. It's weird. It's, they, it's really uh, weird. Interesting. And so that's a Chinese phrase? No, it's it's Vietnamese. Okay, all right. But they do the same stuff. They have the dragons. Have you ever seen the dragon? Uh, not in person. I mean, just... Oh, it's, the... it's, it's awesome. Do they do that here? Do they do the oh, big yeah. thing with the dragon oh, yeah. here? They have it in Chinatown in, in San Francisco. Yeah, I, you know, I wanted to see that when I was there, and it was. They have it every day, yeah. like three thirty. Yeah. See, and I, okay. See, I must have just missed it then. Um. So you cross. So you cross your arms. Uh, you know, you say the. Uh, you say ah, and then you bow and you say the word. Yeah. Chuck mong namoy. And that means that is like a happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. Interesting. To me, it means give me money. <laughs> <laughs> but, You're making a whole culture proud, Richie. But it's like Halloween and. Christmas altogether. It's like you're going around saying trick or treat, and they give you money. But people now, here's a dumb question: Do people like on a day like today? Do people dress up, costumes, any other customs? Oh yeah. Is it? Uh, I mean, is it? Is, so it is like many of our holidays kind of rolled into one. Uh huh. And right now they're celebrating in all the casinos. They, it's a celebration right up there. Interesting. All right. Mm. Do we have any other questions about the the Asian New Year? I just want to hear him do one through ten again. Oh. Uh, it's fantastic. Are they still mad at Americans? I mean, they have every reason to be. <laughs> oh, no, we're like royalty over there. They, like, roll the red carpet out. Seriously. The red carpet? Yeah. Red carpet, in this case, having more than one meaning, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, like, I had two girls work on me for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, a head massage scalp, <laughs> and they did my nails. <laughs> they painted your nails? They they did my cubicles. Cu cubicles? Cu cuticles. These are cubicles. Cuticles. My cubicles. <laughs> They cleaned my cubicle. No. Uh, I and they did my toes. They cleaned your cubicle and worked your head. <laughs> for an hour and a half. And then when I was done, they said, oh, it's like 5000 dong, And that's 30 cents to us. <laughs> and then, like. I'm just getting past me. Yeah, and two girls worked on me for like an hour and a half. Yeah, like they, a full on turtle on why, entourage moment. You were there? It's cheap. Because you're a noble yeah. American. Yeah. Well, no. look, I got to tell you, uh, my, when my wife went to Panama, um, 
this is a funny story. Um, so, you know, Panama, like, it is like a lot of countries. There's a lot of uh, class is an issue here in America, but in other countries, class is, you know, exponentially, uh, the divide between classes is exponentially greater than it is here in America. In America, you know, if you've got the money, it doesn't matter what class you come from. If you've got the right amount of money in your hand, you can go anywhere, typically do anything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, they don't care where the money came from in America. They don't care how suspicious it looks. If you if you've got the right amount of money for the for the you know the the price tag, you can have whatever it is. So she was telling the story about going to Panama, and she's had this. She's gone to a lot of other countries, and she's had this experience in more than one place where she um, would uh, you know uh, be somewhere. And I think I'm trying to remember where it was. It might have been in Panama because her and this girl Kristen went. Yeah, and. It wasn't, they were staying in like a little hostel kind of a thing, and one of the guys who worked at the hostel, she's like, hey, well, where should I, you know, I'm going to go out tonight, or maybe I want to go get a drink or do whatever, where should I go? And he's like, oh, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I can show you some places. And she's like, okay, so one of the guys who worked at the hostel was like, I'll, I'll kind of take you around and show you some of the clubs or the restaurants or the bars or whatever. And so they're wandering around, and at one point, um, he at one point had had to he had to use the bathroom and so they had to stop and he, they had to go back basically home because he had to use the bathroom because he's he was a, apparently of some he couldn't they wouldn't let him in to like use a bathroom at, at a bar or restaurant or whatever right. there were a lot of places he couldn't afford to go and they wouldn't just like let him in to use the bathroom so he had to go back basically to to his place of employment to use the bathroom there fast forward to later on that night my wife, you know, whatever, she's like, oh, I, I got to use the bathroom. We should probably go back home. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, you're a tourist. You, you can do whatever you want. And so they walk it. They walk up to some club, and there's a doorman there. And he walks up to the doorman. He talks to the doorman for a second, and he says, you know, tourista, or whatever the word is, <laughs> points at my wife. And the guy's like, come on in. And they just, like, any, didn't matter. Like, any anything, anything they needed, anything, you know, she needed, anywhere she needed to go, because she was a tourist, uh, they really, they just bent over backward. Uh, so because, you know, however weak the dollar may be, you know, they still want that infusion of, uh, of American cash. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, but, so it's not just, you know, a country like that. It's a country, American tourists are treated very, very well, I think, in a lot of places just by dint of being American tourists. Oh, so yeah. anyway, <laughs> girls worked on me for an hour and a half. Well, it was like a Oh, Richie, the things that come out of But they try to turn me over and like, never mind. I'll, I'll shut up now. We had a Can you not say it? Well, no, my aunt. I was with my aunt, and I didn't know. What, I didn't know what, what <laughs> I was going on. It's better every time you speak. I'm laying down, you know, and they give me a back massage. Two of them, anyway. And they asked you to roll over in front of your. No, they, they rolled me over. Were they hot? Uh, hot enough. <laughs> Spoken like a guy. No, it's weird. He this, was looking at me. The ratio of hot women in there is very low, unfortunately. It's like one in ten thousand is, you know. This is, this is I don't risky. think you were particularly picky, though. <laughs> He's not. I'm very picky. This is, this oh is, yeah, right. So this is so this is your assessment. This is where Vietnam. Yeah. All right. So your assessment of, of the Vietnamese people is that there's one hot girl for every ten thousand. It's like the Vancouver of Asian countries. The <laughs> aggression. <laughs> um. So anyway, so you go in to get a massage, and it's two girls. Now here's uh-huh. a dumb question: Is two, two girls? Two girls, one Richie. I don't ever say that. Um. Now, does two girls cost more, or is two girls like standard? I guess it's standard. Like when you go and you say, I need a massage, they go, okay, here's your two girls. Or do they go like, you know, is it like you have to pay like, you know, and for 10% more, a second girl? Uh, No, they don't say nothing. And you're there with your aunt? So is one of them like massaging your head and the other one's giving like the body massage? Yeah. 
Yeah. Why did he like look at, over like that? Was it a full service massage? Was it was this a full service massage? No, because that's what they turned me over. Wait, so they... did you start face down? Yeah. Okay, so you start oh. face down. They're giving you the head and the back rub, uh, the head rub, <laughs> and the back rub. You know what I mean? They're giving you a back and head rub. Uh huh. Um, and people are watching. It's kind of like an Asian. Were you in like a window or something? No, it's it was it just a, it's just a wide open. You were in a Space, hut? though. Yeah, we were, like, in third world country. There's huts. You know, like, if Africa, you know, have the metal uh, sheds and stuff like that. That's what it, where we were. Africa's full of metal sheds. Um, so you're in a big hut. They're giving you the back and head massage. Yeah. And then they go to turn you over uh-huh. to uh, perhaps uh, give you the, uh, the rest of the service. Yeah, and I didn't know what's going on, but I kind of was. Oh, please. I was feeling pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but my aunt freaks out. I was like, stop them. <laughs> Now, and does your aunt like, live in Vietnam? Yeah. Okay. So and did your aunt know what the wait, now, next she, step was going to be? Was she also getting a massage? No, she was She's just, just hanging out, there watching reading you? a magazine. We would go with, like, harem of people. Can I say harem? I don't think harem is the word you're looking a for, but a, a group of people. Groups. So it would be like if I was going to get my hair cut. Right. And my mom is sitting over there reading Marie Claire while I'm getting my hair cut. Uh-huh. So this is your aunt sitting there while you're getting a back rub. But clearly, you're, when your aunt took you there, she must have known what kind of place it was. Yeah, it's always the ending, I guess. So she... <laughs> the happy ending, I guess. Richie... <laughs> I guess it is, Richie. You, you are so great. I um, thought I was getting a haircut, and next thing you know is I'm getting massage while my hair is being cut. And one chick's doing my nails while they're... Is like a flu? Like, you're laying down. So it's like a spa. It's like a full spa So you're laying experience. down, and they're giving you a back massage while you're getting your hair cut? And doing no. your nails. So they start you out sitting down. And I'm thinking... Okay. okay. And you get a haircut. You get a haircut. And then, and they, then they lay you down, they give you a back rub, and they're doing your nails. After it is like a full service spa. That After they bathe you. For 30 uh, Then they bathe you, really? Well, they bathe you first. Do they bathe all your areas? Uh, not at this place, because it was like a shed. <laughs> you know, what area did they in? Like, are you in like a, just a metal wash tub? It was weird. It was like, <laughs> like you're in a bathing sort suit? of like the Waltons in Asia. No, um, I was in my clothes. Um, so when they're I, that How was going to be my question is when they're giving you the full body massage, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Uh I forgot. Like boxers, nude or not? No, I got clothes on. But you got like maybe boxers and a t-shirt or something or yeah, okay. full, fully clothed. Okay, and so they're so they're giving you a body massage through your clothes. Yeah, they were. It was like they started. They were doing my head. So they were progressing. <laughs> they were so your aunt is over there reading a magazine while you're getting a back rub and, a, and, a, and your nails done, and then the girls turn you over on your back, and then your aunt sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, and she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, she just she starts saying something to them, and they're like, well, da, 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 and I'm like, I'm trying to tip them, and she got mad because you're not supposed to tip there either. Right, right. No tipping, no tipping. She stopped them, and I was like, okay, what was that about? And, then, uh, and did she tell you later, like, why she stopped it? No, we didn't. Well, but that isn't probably something you want to discuss with your aunt. Uh, but, I mean, you figured it out, though. Like, you figured out why she was. Later there. we did, because I wanted to go back. <laughs> of course. I need to get the last part of my massage. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> You're seriously. Uh, oh, Richie. All right. <laughs> You're mad at your aunt for not allowing you to have the happy ending? You felt that she owed it to you? Not at the time. I realized later I, I, I paid for it. <laughs> that's just that's, that really is the rub of it, so to speak. That you paid for like five percent of it that you never got. Yeah, Jesus. Thirty cents. For All right, two. That's fifteen cents a piece. It was like an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. I want to move back there. Do we have <laughs> Do we have any further questions for Richie about Chinese New Year? <laughs> now that yeah, he's managed to sully an entire people in the space of about five minutes. No, it's interesting. I feel more worldly from this program. <laughs> Uh...
Okay, bye. Okay, bye. There you go. <laughs> bye, Can you say goodbye in Vietnamese? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I don't even know. Jesus. That was education. Hi, Tim. Sorry, we didn't get to the. How did you feel about doing the news on the other side? Yeah, you want to? Do you want to news news on the other side of this break? No, no, I'm busy with other things. All right, I'm sorry. I'm. No, I, I enjoy. You never know what's going to come out of that, you know, I, out of Richie's mouth. I thought it was just going to be a lot of here's Chinese New Year. Goodbye. I didn't realize we were going to end with his aunt uh, having to intervene before he was serviced by two Vietnamese girls for thirty cents. <laughs> that's probably like their monthly salary there. Well, I mean, that is. I mean, that's that's the other thing is that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Lara in in several countries has had that conversation with people where she's like, "So, how much do you make?" Because I make four dollars a year, you yeah. know, and it's doing what, hosing pig guts off a floor, you know. It's just, I mean, it, it, so, and I think that no tipping thing is different from country to country. I think it's when she went to Italy, the guy scolded her for tipping. Like she tried to tip, you know, twenty percent in Italy because that's what we do in America, right? You tip twenty. She said she tried to tip twenty percent in Italy, and the guy like yelled at her. Hmm. And he said, he, and he yelled at her for being um, uh, like a, um, I don't know what the word, for, for trying to be showy, you know, for trying to be gaudy about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's like, the you know, American. yeah, he's like, Americans always feel like they have to flaunt all of their money. He's like, don't tip 20% because what you're doing is you're like waving it around. Like, look how much money I have. I'm an American. But she's gone to other countries where she's like, the people are just eating dirt clods. And she said she has no problem, you know, tipping it to them, you know, cause they, because they need it. So. All right. Uh, we should take a break. Let's do that. On the other side, we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week. Uh, we might talk about the Roomba. Normally, we might not. Oh, we have that Panamanian radio thing to play, speaking of other countries. Uh, and then Tim Riley later on. Uh, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Now you must raise a child with The Rick Emerson Show coming up at the bottom of the hour. More from Tim Riley. Uh, we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week here in a while. Uh, they went a pair of passes to see Rush at Clark County Amphitheater. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Who was it that was talking about a Roomba? Oh, I know. It's because somebody said, let's see, where did, some email here about the, the studio being dirty. Let's see. Aaron and Jen have one, right? I think they do. Let's see, but do they have one or were they going to get one? I can't remember. Somebody had what I remember they were in the studio because I was asking them how much it cost. Somebody had, uh, but somebody had asked this question. I don't have it here. Uh, but we were complaining about the studio being sort of dusty, which again is really nobody's fault. Uh, it's just that it, uh, it, I think the cleaning staff has been told to just empty the trash cans and that's it. Like I think that they, I think they've specifically been told not to vacuum in here because I think they're. Maybe the engineers are afraid that some sort of static electricity and it'll hurt the equipment or whatever. Anyway, so they all all they do is empty the trash. So as a result, I think between that, the curtains, and frankly, the fact that this building is, according to Dave's in, like 65 years old and apparently has always been a radio station. Apparently, this building has never been anything else, hmm. which means that whatever cleaning policies they have now have always been the case and have been, been the case for 60 years. So it is quite possible that there's basically like 60 years worth of dust like in the ceiling. Well, and who knows what is underneath my desk that I'm sitting at, you know, because tons of people sit here. They're like all kinds oh, of no, that's, pitch black oh, down yeah, there. No, you can people never, drop things down there. I don't even, I don't even want to look. That's what I'm saying. At this point, I don't even want to put a flashlight under there. Ugh. But, hey, did you ever do this when you vacuum? Do you ever vacuum certain parts of the rug and it's quiet and then you vacuum other sections of the rug? And, like, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, Jesus, what was that down there? <laughs> and you just know that it's just a big pile of nails or something. Um... 
Anyway, uh, so I'm going to bring a vacuum cleaner in at some point, maybe this weekend, and just vacuum the studio. But somebody suggested, I don't have the email in front of me, but the guy basically said, since radio companies are, you know, radio broadcast companies are so into automating everything, that I can't believe that they haven't automated your cleaning system by, you know, just firing, firing the staff and bringing in a Roomba, which is actually not like a, a, a bad idea. There are lots of corners in this room, though. I don't think the Roomba would be the ideal way to clean. Well, and Tim said that there's lots of furniture here, too, and so... Here we go. Rick, radio's uh, all about automation, and yet they hire late-night cleaners. Um, half your stations are run by robots. Not uh, why not? To be fair, CBS is not as robotic as most companies. Is, uh, why not clean with one as well? So I, I don't know the answer to that. But Tim asked about the Roomba, whether it would run into things. And I realize now that I've only ever seen the Roomba in two places. It works places. around things. It has sensors. Does it? Oh, yeah. See, I've only seen it in Arrested Development. I purchased one for somebody a long time ago. And now, did you watch it work? Yeah, I watched it work, and it'll like bump into something that'll turn around and go the other direction, and it'll figure out a way to does get around the Does it learn objects. what the room looks like, or is it does it only know from bumping into things? I think it knows from sensors. I don't know if it. But it doesn't learns. remember. Well, mine wasn't like the the highest grade of Roomba. Maybe there are ones that remember. And so they probably upgraded it since then. Yeah. Other than Arrested Development, I saw one at Sharper Image once, and I think that's the only. I wonder if we could get one, like, to test or something. Oh, and then can I have it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and buy it, and then I'll just take that off your hands, too. Okay. Well, how much is a thing. Roomba these days? I think, like, 200 or 300 bucks. See, I'm, yeah, that's I'm yeah. not going to be paying that myself. And I somehow I suspect that's not going to come out of CBS Petty Cash. Yeah. So, you know what it is? Here's another thing at Sharper Image I'm always tempted to buy. And I've never done it, but I keep wanting to get it for the show. I wanted to get it for you and me, but For you and me, baby. It's for us. Uh, is that scale that tells you uh, your... your uh, Body fat ratio or whatever. Well, I rode my bike today. How about you? I haven't. No, we were talking about this during the break, you jerk, that I can't. I don't understand how you can't because you think people are going to make too big of a deal out of it, so therefore you're not going to ever do it. Well, it's like I was just saying. Do you know how much money you've screwed mentally retarded children $4, out of? $4,700. No. Yes. I'm going to check it right now. It's that. I'm telling you. It's $4,700. Did you I check think. it today? No. It might be a little less than that. All right. Let me see. Emersonchallenge.blogspot.com. Emersonchallenge.blogspot.com. Let's just wait. Let's wait and find out, and then I'll tell you why I haven't ridden my bike, and then we'll get these calls. All right. Rick has biked 38 days in the past, but has failed 155 days. A 19% success rate. Uh, he has earned $1,126.32. Look at that. I've earned like $1,200. But screw retarded kids out of $4,594.22. $4,600. I know. I'm a bad Just person. because your ass is too lazy to wake up. Here's the thing, though. I, uh, what, What's the thing, Rick? I what, got up this what, morning and I rode to work. You and I live roughly in the same neighborhood. What I was saying, though, is here's the thing. is that I haven't ridden my bike now in so long. That I'm afraid that if I do it, it's going to be like when I wore that stripy sweater two weeks ago, and that everybody all day long had to come in and go, hey, getting a little color in your wardrobe, guy. I feel like if I ride the bike, it's going to be such a big deal for not just one day, but for it's going to be like two or three days in a row of, hey, finally getting your ass on the bike. Good to see. And it's like, I don't want to just have everybody stop and have to talk that to me about it all day. That is the stupidest reason I've ever heard. I'm just saying Rick, I, I like to not have attention paid to me about certain things and at certain times. If I could just ride the bike and You know want to have attention drawn to you for becoming more and more rotund? Okay, by the way, while Sarah did that, you were puffing at your cheeks and making yourself into an O with your you doing the universal sign for... I'm just saying, Rick, your body's going to start taking up a lot of room. Why worry about your bike taking up a little bit of room? I can't really. I have no response to that. 
I'm afraid of people talking to me and pointing out the fact that I'm coming back. You know, people will be proud of you. It'll be positive. And I guess they could be pointing out my enormous ass instead. It's true. Anyway, so at Sharper Image, though, they got that uh, scale that shows your body uh, fat ratio, which I am always kind of curious about because they would say that's the number, not your weight, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And the thing is, obviously, I would get it, and we, you and I would each step on it in private. Uh, but I don't. Aren't you kind of curious about your body fat ratio? Kind of. I know I sound really gay right now, but I mean, come on, it, because it's, it, it's not your weight. It is that I think, but I've never had that done. And I think it's supposed that to might be, be a, pretty inspiring, actually. Isn't it supposed and to be like ten percent? Because yours is. Here's the thing, and I don't even know what you weigh, and I would never guess, obviously. But I suspect whatever your weight is, you're in better shape than you think. I would guess that your body fat ratio is pretty low. Relatively speaking, maybe not as low as you want it. I don't know, mm. but I would guess it's pretty low. Yeah, you know, but I would guess that me, while I look like yeah, a pretty you thin guy, thin. you're a thin fat person. That's yes. low. you never I'm move. All fat though. I never move. You never move. You walk from the studio upstairs to your office, and <laughs> walk from upstairs in your office to your car, your car to home, and then I shovel in some like boxed food, sit on your couch, go to bed, wake up, walk to your car. You make me sound so bad. Shovel in some boxed I'm so, food. I'm sorry. Am I exaggerating? No. Yeah. Sadly. And now with the Xbox 360, I don't even have to get it to turn on the Xbox. There's an on button on the controller, which is wireless. And so the controller just sits on the coffee table next to the couch. So I can lean over, pick up the Xbox controller, push the big button in the middle, and the Xbox turns on on the other side of the room. I'm becoming Matt Peterson. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> Shovel in some box. That's it. I'm biking tomorrow. F you all. I'm biking tomorrow. Um... What were we talking about? Blah, 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 scale. Roomba. Oh, here's somebody that has one. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you own a, a Roomba? No, I do not. However, I worked on an infomercial for a Roomba. Really? I did. And the crazy thing about it, it spins around and it kind of takes a reading of the room. Sure. And then it does its thing. And then it parks itself and recharges itself and all that crap. That's but so cute. The crazy thing about the company that makes it. Hi, Sarah. It's Paul Mall. Hi, Kevin. Hi. I mean, Paul Mall. Right. The company that makes it, actually, they sent us a tape, and they, they have government contracts, and they make, like, these robots that assassinate people and uh, and disarm bombs. Can I buy one of those? Instead <laughs> of one that cleans, can I buy one that cleans the world of my enemies? Yeah, some ethnic cleansing, maybe? No. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, that's you who said that. The Rick Emerson Show is opposed to ethnic cleansing. I know, but, <laughs> but when you're saying, you know... Cleansing people. Like no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Clen not cleansing a people with a capital P. Like not cleansing. Cleansing up. your enemies. I'm not saying. Cleansing that bitchy lady from. Uh, from Clear Channel. Yeah. I'm not saying cleansing a people. I'm saying exactly. cleansing people. Lowercase. Like specific. No. Let's just like specific people whose names maybe we've written down recently. All I'm saying is, I'd like a robot that kills my enemies. Let's just. I'm going to put that out there right now. Um. So sure. the rumor. Now here's my question though. The, the Roomba, and I know you worked on an infomercial, and I'm not saying that those are deceptive, but, you know, they, they highlight the strengths of a product, maybe. Um, with the exception of the George Foreman grill, in which case it does everything it promises and more. It's the best thing ever. Here's the th my thing with the Roomba. Okay, so it figures out the, the, the furniture, and it moves around and looks cute. But as a vacuum, does it vacuum well? It does. It does. Really? Superior. Yeah, it actually has a, a cup. It has, like... A couple of brooms, and then they, they make one for your floor, for your linoleum, which is thick. It, like, squirts this crap down, and then it scrubs, and then it squeegees the water. It's pretty oh. insane. That's like our dream invention, Rick. Oh, 
man. Yeah, I just, if only I didn't have to pay for one. If um, you buy the, you, like you can buy the carpet one, and I'll buy the squeegeeing like linoleum one, and then we can trade. Oh man, you get a free you get a free linoleum squeegee one when you buy the carpet one. Actually. Really? Uh-huh. How much? And, oh, okay, I have to look online right now to see how much the Roomba costs. Okay, uh, but but so you see, as so it's not just the novelty of it, sort of, you know, walking around the room by itself. It actually functions well as a vacuum. Yeah, it does a good job. I know some owners, and it does do a good job. Hey, quickly, and I'll let you. I'll let it's you go. Righteous. Um, yeah. I saw the Pocket Fisherman. You can buy it at, at the Walgreens on 82nd and Johnson Creek. Really? Mm-hmm. Excellent. I don't even fish at this point in my life, but I'm tempted to buy that just to you know to have one. How can you not? If you have a pocket, right? Yeah. Oh, hey man. While you're on, hey man. Hey man. While you're on hold, do you want to hear the worst headline ever? Just because you're there. Sure. Te- this is on Yahoo News. Tests reveal hair and insect parts inside some chocolate candies. Which which chocolate candy? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. But some chocolate candies apparently have hair and insect parts in them. Aaron. All right. Far out. Bye now. Thanks. All right. I love that guy. Oh, now I feel bad. Matt Peterson's on hold. (laughs) Now I feel terrible. Hi, Matt Peterson. Hi, Rick. How are you? Now, let me just say. Matt, do you have a girlfriend? I was looking at your, like, little blog thing that you put out. Uh, I, I I do I do have a girlfriend. You have a special someone for <gasps> Valentine's Day. I, I I do. Now here's the thing. Did you buy her roses? Uh, no, but I could go to proflowers.com. Proflowers.com. No, here. No, no, no. Well, let me dig myself out of this. Really, here's the thing. When I was talking about becoming you, this really honestly is what I was thinking of. I realized as I said that it. No, no, no. I, I got like it. You're, you're becoming more rotund. Well, no, no, you're no. becoming me. No, I, I, I got what you were saying. To be fair, that really isn't what I meant. Although I realized it came out that way. Uh, here's what I do. I remember flashing back uh, to you and I talking, and this is before the 360 had even come out. I remember when the Xbox 360 was still being rumored, and you were the one, I remember, who made this point to me. You told me, you're like, dude, the new Xbox 360 has a remote on button on the controller, which is wireless. You don't even have to get off your couch to turn it on. So, Sarah's, I, I, Sarah's I, I making... I very likely did make that response. Though The one thing that I will say is, you're not really becoming me, because I play my Xbox 360 on a high-def 50-inch plasma. Oh, I love him. For the so. win. Sarah was making the digging myself out hand motion like with a shovel. So I realize it did make me sound like a bastard, but you're right. You do best me in, in every conceivable way in the technology front. So how's well, life, brother? How are things? Yeah, tell, you talk you, about this new lady in your life. Tell us, tell us about this special someone, Matt Peterson. Uh, well, she, she, she's quite lovely. Uh, we've, we've been dating now for, uh, for a few months. What celebrity does she most resemble? Uh, celebrity that she most resembles. Yes. Hmm. Everybody looks like someone. Yeah, everybody kind of does. You knew um, this question was coming. Too. Is it love, Matt Peterson? Uh, it, it's it's strong like at this point. I would say it's too too early to say that it's love. Is it just uh, is it just it, savage animal lust, Matt? You can tell. Uh, no, no, it's it's beyond that. Um, <laughs> it's beyond lust. The Matt Peterson story. Beyond lust, not quite love. Uh, I, you know, I, I would say that uh, she kind of looks like a, a younger Parker Posey. Oh. That's a good one. I'm with that. Excellent. Rick Emerson votes yes. Fantastic. Hey, I'm looking here. Hey, you know what? Uh, They've got a Valentine's Day special. You can get an iRobot. uh, Sorry, from iRobot, you can get the Roomba in uh, Rose Red for Valentine's Day. There's a Valentine's Day special. Life's a bed of roses, and robots help with the dirty work, Matt. Uh, So you could get a robot for that special girl uh, for only... What doesn't... Oh, see. Here's... Oh, wait. hold, Hold on. The iRobot Roomba Red for only $100 plus free shipping. 
that that seems quite reasonable. Now, now that may be there the... some rule about buying that significant other like cleaning stuff for for Valentine's ah, days or no, no, birthdays. No. But but see, but that's only if you, but that's like if you buy your wife. Like, uh, that's like if you buy your wife some Windex and, like, a gross of paper towels. Sarah, as a girl, let me ask you this. As a woman, obviously, if a guy were to give you, like, they always say never give your wife anything for the kitchen because it implies that you want her to be cooking for you. Well, that's not true. Are you talking about if a guy gave me a Roomba? No, but that would be the greatest well, we're leading, present of well, all We're leading up to that. But okay, I'm saying, okay. like, if a guy gave you, like, even if it was really good, like, all clad, like, if a guy did get, like, top of the line, like, kitchen stuff, you'd but still I'm be, like... different. I'm saying as a woman, though, you, you know your gender. Like, a woman would be like, F you, I'm not cooking for you. Because it implies, like, if I gave you... What, what is what... I don't know what that thing is that you're just talking about. Is that, like... Like silverware? all clad is like top of the line cooking equipment. Could be, oh, it's like yeah, and yeah, but it's like the best that money can buy. I don't. Well, it depends. Like if you have a passion for cooking. I suppose. Because like I could see that not being an insult because those pans can be probably quite expensive. The rule of thumb is don't give a woman something that basically oh requires her to work. A to room serve would be you. the greatest thing ever because it's it's giving you a cleaning see, utensil that you don't have to you know see that's perform. Uh, the thing I think you could give a woman a Roomba because it's not giving her something like if I gave let me put it this way Sarah if I gave you for Valentine's Day a really good regular vacuum you'd be like up yours. Because it implies, like, get to work. Yeah. I'll take one. But if I... I like vacuuming. <laughs> well, Valentine's Day is coming up, Jim. Maybe that I'll sits, give you a vacuum. If you give me something that sits in its little dock, and then when I just push a button, it goes and cleans up all the, like, muppets. Because it's, ta- it's giving... It's like, it's like hiring a maid for You're you. You're giving me the gift of cleaning. It would be like hiring a housekeeper Not the you. gift of making me clean. Exactly. I so, like that. So, so Matt has a pet vacuum. I have one. No, so I... I How much did you say that Roomba was... Well, this I think this may be the one that washes linoleum floors. This may not be the vacuum. I think the floor washing uh, Roomba is $100 plus free shipping if you buy it by Valentine's Day. So, Matt, there you go. For that special lady in your life, the gift of spotless linoleum. Well, that's that, that's one way to go. We're we're actually going going to Vegas for for a 3-day weekend, so no, it's, that, that was the president's so there you, go. you know what I mean? So and then and then it do this. It'll be like that a commercial where there's the Lexus with the big red bow. You know what I mean? She goes she goes and into the, the kitchen. And the little Roomba comes like <laughs> totally. with a little little ribbon on it. Totally. Have the Roomba like come out of a ha, come out of like a closet or a hallway or something with the red ribbon on top and a little note that says I love you. That's that's absolutely brilliant. I'm going I'm going to have to to defer to to your thought there. It's what I do. I am uh, I do have a way with the ladies, Matt Peters. Well, you 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 do. You got the you got a great one, and we're not All really right. sure how. Uh, I'm sorry if I painted you in a bad light early. I apologize for that. <laughs> not 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 at all. I, right. I I knew I knew what you meant. It was just too easy to uh, call and give you a bad time. <laughs> all right, thank you, brother. Have a good day, guys. F Matt Peterson, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic, wonderful. Okay. Oh, we have to break. Uh, it's like 25 after. Tim, have you news for us? Yes, I do. Excellent. Fantastic. Back. A- I love this song. Back after this uh, with more Roomba Talk, plus Tim Riley, uh, plus the glorious Bastard of the Week. You stay there. It's a Rick Emerson show. About the uh, was he a senator or a governor or somebody who called unwed who called single mother sluts? I got that and the former beauty cream from Vegas. It's a double slut watch. It is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, Nova County Sheriff Bernie Gusto 
says he's got to step down. He's been investigating for quite some time. They're trying to find out whether or not he lied to the public over former Governor Neil Goldschmidt's sexual abuse of a little girl during his term. He said he knew nothing about it. A former beauty queen who was stripped of her tiara after racy photos appeared on the Internet has been freed from jail following another arrest with traffic offenses. Catherine Katie Reese, the former Miss Nevada USA who's 23, was held for about 12 hours in Vegas after police stopped her driving at 3 o'clock in the morning, and she became aggressive toward a police officer. Uh, apparently, she said uh, she chipped or lost a tooth when she was forcibly pushed against the vehicle. Now, this is that girl who was Miss America or whatever for like a day. Mm-hmm. And the blonde, the, trashy one? Yeah, and the photos came out of her like... Here we are kissing another young woman, exposing one of her breasts and pulling down her britches. Yes. Ugh. And so these, uh, these mug shots of hers, she really is just... Completed the transformation into absolute trailer trash. It's pretty wonderful. She looks like Carrot Top's sister. Doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. That's a bad face right there. Oh, too. I gotta see that. Oh. Really... Yeah, she she needs some uh, help oh. there. Yeah, no, she's yeah, she's gone. She's gone really around. That's like picture right number four in Faces of Mess. <laughs> Dateline, Colorado, a state lawmaker used a derogatory term to describe unmarried teen parents as sexually promiscuous and complained that society cordons premature sex. In my parents' day and age, unmarried teen parents were sent away. They were shunned, and they were called what they are, as the representative Larry Liston. They had a sense of shame. But there's no sense of shame anymore, she, he continued. Uh, society condones it. I think it's wrong. They're sluts. And I don't mean just women. I mean men, too. Attention, Tom Likas. Your 3 o'clock hour is ready and waiting for you. Uh-huh. So, so he, what is his position? Uh, a state lawmaker, so it would be a legislator. And so he called... He called uh, Teen parents, sluts. Sluts. Well, Did you say married teen parents? Unmarried. Unmarried. I just okay. don't mean women. I mean men, too. Well, fair enough. There you go. Uh, then we have a religious police in Saudi Arabia arresting a mother for sitting with a man. A uh, 37-year-old American businesswoman and married mother of three is seeking justice after she was thrown in jail in Saudi Arabia by the religious police. We're sitting with a male colleague at a Starbucks in rehab. Uh... This woman, whose name, first name is Yara, she doesn't want the last name published for fear of retribution, was bruised and crying when she was freed from a day in prison after she was strip-searched, threatened, and forced to sign false confessions by the King's, Kingdom's Mudaween police. So apparently she, you can't go to Starbucks if you're a lady. Oh, sections of the map uh, that just need a good straightening out. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? Um, uh, hi, you're on the... Hi. Oh, 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 hey. I'm sorry. I had to sir, get the strange... Sir, I, to get I the think strange... you need a defibrillator, sir. No, I had a strange woman's uh, toes in my mouth, and I just had, I had to remove them. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple points to make. Thanks for the Spinal Tap intro today. That was fantastic. Okay. Watch, watched it this weekend. Just don't, don't watch Twin Peaks. I don't even need to be here for this call. Yes, go ahead. Just don't watch Twin Peaks right after you watch it. It ruins the whole comical, comical value. Uh, second of all, don't talk about Panama anymore. My fiance's from Panama. That's all I ever hear about every night. This Did, is my. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your fiance's from Panama. From born and raised in Panama. Did you meet her in Panama? No, actually, you've met uh, me and her both. Uh, I met her in Lewiston, Idaho. How did she get from Panama to Idaho? I, I guess I have a strong aroma or something. I don't know. No. Wait, she came to Idaho for you? No, she came to Idaho for college. From Panama. From Panama. Interesting. To Idaho for college. Absolutely. And then met you and, and, and all is all is bliss. Yeah, for for some reason, yes, absolutely. Okay. Excellent. What so else? There's, there's that. Um 
and 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 with your 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 vacuuming vacuum cleaner, uh, you know, when you run over one part of the carpet that uh, makes more noise than the other. Yeah. Because your girl is uh, laying on the carpet, you need to you need to get her off the carpet before you start vacuuming. What's laying on the carpet? I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's a carpet joke. It's a carpet joke. You're vacuuming your carpet. Okay. One part of the carpet makes more noise than the other. I don't other even one. understand what's I, going I on here. I, I think right. it's open mic night. Okay. Oh. Thanks, Shecky. Bye. Hang up. There's that trademark Idaho wit on display. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Straight uh, from Pocatello, yes? Pocatello? I'm not in Pocatello. No. Oh, hey, God. Wait, are you speaking in a funny voice? No, I'm not. This oh, I'm is my sorry. normal voice. You just uh, <laughs> kind of uh, got me riled up there for a second. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, I've been on hold for so long that uh, I, I'm almost forgetting the original reason why I called up. But I, I wanted to tell you, uh, there's so much mention of toe-sucking. Um, I have to share a story from back in my teenage years when um, I was uh, sleeping in my bedroom. It was the summertime, so I had my, my bedroom window very much ajar. And uh, some girl that I was dating at the time, um, you know, at this point in time, 2020 is, uh, you know, or hindsight is always 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, she actually shot some of those blowgun darts into my big toe and the sole of my foot. Oh. Yeah. Crazy stuff, you know? The thing is, it's like uh, it, I, I began to realize, you know, I'd been dating her for, I don't know, maybe a month. And, uh, you know, I, I just realized that she'd been kind of getting crazier and crazier. And eventually I just kind of told her, well, hey, it's been fun, but uh, goodbye. And then two days later, she uh, just kind of sneaks sneaks up, uh, you know, to like the, the, the wooded area near my bedroom window and just starts shooting blowgun darts under my feet, which was weird. So anybody who complains about toe sucking, just, you know, quit being a puss. Blowgun darts really does take the cake. That really is the uh, yeah. That really is the ultimate. That's the party topper right there. Yeah, like the blowgun dart that actually like like went into my big toe was like sticking out the other end, <laughs> and I woke up and I was just like, <laughs> "Hey, there's a dart in my toe." Yes, exactly. And I was like, "Hey, what's this?" And then you know, I I kind of put two and two together and figured out who it was. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh... Yeah, did you guys ever uh, listen to the uh, Sewell Forrester clips from SNL? What? Sewell Forrester? The clips know. from SNL. I, I called you guys about that the other day. Oh, I called just... him Mr. Unintelligible. No. Uh, Sarah, were you ever able to find those? Okay. Well, I, I, yeah. I used the term Mr. Unintelligible yeah. because that was so long ago, I couldn't remember his actual name. But if you do a search for Sewell Forrester, S-U-E-L, um, yeah, you'll... you'll Chris Catan speaks very much right. like your uh, talking stain. We'll look for it, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. What year is this? Hi, Tim. Hello. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. We're back with Michael Moore. Strange email question from Dick in Maumee, Ohio. To my knowledge, Fahrenheit 911 has never been shown on commercial TV. That is correct. Is this because station owners back Bush, or are the networks afraid of political political retribution? They've been uh, afraid, I think, uh, to show it. Uh, if you were to watch it now, Larry, uh, a movie that I made uh, four years ago, 
four years ago in that movie, Hillary I was talking Clinton about how the soldiers are being treated at Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what political retribution they're afraid of at this point. Uh, they're certainly more powerful than most politicians. <laughs> I mean, they are, they are GE and... We have an email question from Debbie in Denison, Texas. Do Dr. Do Mr. Moore's religious beliefs play a factor in how he votes? And what does he think of the idea that our country was based on keeping government out of the church, not God out of government? Well, I mean, my own what are we listening to? Uh, beliefs uh, probably do Larry King, how I and vote, Michael how Moore. I live, uh, Just because attacking anybody's religion, whether. It's What's your next project? Are we are we building up to something? Well, I, have, I, have I think so. I, can find usually, I, <laughs> I wondered. This much, is like uh, one of those I'm elongated payoffs. One now. Yes, I'm in the middle of one now. Comedy, so you know it'll, you'll have. You must be fierce to watch in the editing room. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of fun in the editing room. Really, that yeah, wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> I was. I, I, Bring out the Roomba. Where does it end, Ari? Put your crystal ball on. I was waiting. I knew that there was probably a joke in that thing you were playing somewhere. I just didn't know if you were going to be able to find it or not. We could go back and talk to that guy about the, the blow dart into his toe again for another hour if you'd like. That sounds fun. All right. Have you more news? Not at the moment. All right. Uh, who wants to hear another rumba call? Oh, yeah, I boy. I, your other Rick Hammer. Did you see that there's one that'll, vi that'll visit your pets? Listen to this. The, the iRobot, the people who make the Roomba, they sell one called the Connect R. A virtual visiting robot, it'll stay close to your pets and pay attention to them while you're not oh home. Oh, my God. That is How the cutest is thing that? I've ever heard. Come on. And I think it has a little webcam on it, so you can log on and you can look at your pets as the robot interacts with them. How much is it? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'll uh, I'll try to find out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. I What's have up? The, the radio station's budget Roomba. It is a cross between a Roomba and a Swiffer. It's round. It's got one of those Swiffer pads on it, but uh -huh. it has a little ball in it that rolls around and then bumps off the walls. So is, is it actually powered by something? By the, uh, like, you know those cat toys that were real popular that had a tail that rolled around the room? It's like one of those plastic balls that just rolls around in the cage. Of course we do. Of course but we know about those cat toys. But in goodness, it's only, instead of $400, it's only 15 It's 15 Excellent. Do you have one, or should I, how can I find one, ma'am? Uh, it was a late-night infomercial. I have the info at home. And of course yes, you do. We say the maid is on her way out, and then we have to shut all the doors, otherwise she locks herself in a room. Uh-huh. Excellent. What's, what's the name of the product, miss? have no idea. I got it so long ago before Roombas were really popular and Swiffers. Well, thanks for helping. <laughs> all these punchlines are falling flat this afternoon. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Tim, you know those cat toys, don't you? How did you... Didn't we know that there was not a, cat, a cat toy at that... At some point, that call was going to end up in Catland. Mm -hmm. We just knew a cat toy would be introduced into that call somewhere. Jesus. All right. Um... Is that it for now, Tim? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it for now. You've had all you can say. You, it has been a very full show, has it not? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. All right. Let's welcome, uh, and then we'll take a break here in a second. Uh, let's welcome Dennis Pitsenbarger to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. He's lurking down the hallway, making Richie uncomfortable, or quite possibly the other way around, uh, from uh, miles around, Saturdays at 9 to 11. Hello, sir. Uh, and how are you doing? Hey, like, can I just tell you this right now? I'm not Dennis, much... have you lost weight? He uh, has, actually. Yeah, my uh, my wife and I went back. Uh, we were, uh, as uh, Rick is becoming now for not riding his bike, uh, a bit Thanks. rotund mm -hmm. towards the uh, end of the year at the... 
First of the year for 2008, I weighed 250.8 pounds. 250 pounds? 250.8 pounds. And, Jesus, uh, I wouldn't have guessed you were that big. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're massive. Uh, the cough button is not working correctly. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, so I was uh, gaining uh, mass. I'm sure Tim will be happy to know that you were coughing directly into his microphone, though. <laughs> That'll make him happy. I had my hand over my mouth as well. Uh -huh. um, no, and uh, this morning I was 227. Okay, look at you. That's so Well uh, done. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It helps when you stop drinking a bottle of booze and eating a steak at ten o'clock every night. Words to live by. Wow, marriage sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're not well, just no. eating. You're not just eating like strained plums out of a jar in the kitchen. No, we went on like a uh, modified version of Weight Watchers. We had done it before, and actually, the funny thing is, is we um, we now sit around going, you know what? I really wish I had a drink. It's no. The drinking made marriage fun. Now we're finding new things to do. Oh, I don't want to hear don't anything. Hear your sex stories. That's, what, that's not what I was going. Sarah, at. have you ever gone to a keychain party? Did you guys play World of Warcraft together? No, God, no. Uh, I would like to address Mr. Peterson's uh, newfound love. This is something I have not heard of since he does. Uh, Has join... he introduced a special little lady to you? Um, the last time he had Maybe a little. Maybe she lives in Canada. Yeah, well, yeah, by Niagara Falls. Uh, the, uh, the last time we talked about Matt Peterson having a lady, um, he had put a wig on his Xbox and called it his green-eyed lover. So I, <laughs> that, was my, that was my interpretation. Here's the thing. I honestly don't know whether that's a joke or whether it's something he I really did. I think it did. might be real. I don't want to know. Well, Did he really do it? We'd actually taken a picture of a Xbox with a wig on it, and we called it Lucille. And so uh, it was uh, quite disturbing that, that we put that up on the wow, web. Wow, you're creepy. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm quite normal. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate I did drive all the way from Gresham, and I appreciate you letting me. I've already been last here Last time, can I just tell you this? Last <laughs> last week, Dennis came in, and I didn't know this until then, but he came in, and we were running real late, and he was in here for like 60 seconds, and I'm like, hey, you know, we, we kind of got to cut it short. We got stuff to do. I found out later he had driven like, like 25 minutes to get here Aww. from the other side of town. He'd come in 60 seconds, like, well, that's it. We're done. So, uh, hey, but okay. I'm not I think much I've narrowed it down to two girls that it could be. Really? you got to yeah. show it to me. You know who was, uh, well, I don't want to say. No, I was going to say something profile. creepy. And I what were stop. you going to say? Just let it out. I was, I was going to say that I, for a long time, thought that that roommate of his was his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, uh, Azur. She's yeah. hot. She, she's I'm a big she, fan of hers. She, um, they lived together for years. I, I always assumed that it was sort of a thing, and they didn't just didn't make a big deal out of it. they for each other at special times. Wow. Did I not, was I not supposed to say that? I, uh, now I just, every time somebody says it, never mind. Um. I just can't get that, that rubber fist from Borat out of my mind. What is with you and the rubber fist? You brought it up like seven because times. Because when today. I mentioned it, somebody then went to Google Image and they sent me a photo of it. It was just a huge rubber fist. Um, okay, I, I do have to say this. I'm not much of a car guy. So for me to pay attention to a car, uh, it has to enter a certain, you know, it has to be enter the pop culture or be cool enough that even I notice it. Certainly like more dynamic. Like that Mustang yes. you were driving a while back. Yeah, I mean, a car's got to be... Like, if I pay attention to it, you know that it's pretty exceptional. Yeah. So you are driving that new Viper? I am driving a 2008 Dodge Viper. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I was listening to your program uh, this last weekend. Is this the Viper that if you get to 150 miles an hour, it actually does make a hissing sound? Well, unfortunately, the weather has not let me test that exact uh, dynamic of the new Dodge what Viper. Fastest you, what's the fastest that someone like you, but not you, has gone in that car? Uh, I've only gone about 80 in it because with the weather, it has, Rick, it has 600 horsepower. I mean, it has, it goes 0 to 60 in 3.7 seconds, and it goes 202 miles an hour. It is, it is absolutely a pain in the butt to drive. Even though everybody loves it, I mean, people from around the station want to look at it and play with it. It's a very cool car. The problem is you can't drive it because it's so powerful. Sorry about that. It's so powerful. It's my phone. 
Um, my, yeah, uh, it's so powerful you can't actually enjoy it. That's the problem. I'm but, sure that everybody in the audience is shedding tears of sympathy oh, yeah, for you. No, it's just too powerful. I'll edit a car that's a little slower. These 600 horsepower is real drag. I'll have to uh, compare it to the Maserati Gran Turismo I'm driving next week. It's a dick. So, but it, it, but, uh, it goes so fast, though, that at a certain point, that air scoop or whatever that's in the front the, of that the, thing, yeah, the diffuser, it actually splits the air so fast. That there's a hissing sound the car makes, which is cool because it's a Viper. Yeah. The hissing is actually louder than the engine of the car. Yeah, they say that at 140 miles an hour, the, wind, the, the splitter on the front creates over 1,500 pounds of downforce to make the car stick to the ground at those kind of speeds. And it's funny because that car is actually slower than the standard Viper. But because of the wind splitter or the air diffuser, if you want to call it, it actually makes a very cool hissing sound. And I've talked to the guys who designed that. And I think that some sort of geek fraction of the person who put that together knew what he was doing in the in the design phase so it's actually it's a cool car i mean it's just it's very unlivable it's not something i would spend 90 grand on and then drive to and from work so, so i mean it's, and so i think you so I, you may have just said i'm sorry i was distracted by a thing just i just opened another. i just opened another email and i it was a huge fist so now <laughs> it's become a thing i gotta quit opening my email for today. i'm done about your interest in giant rubber fists. I want to talk about Lost Boys for a second and how it. Ref- That's uh, a great change. Of how, it, <laughs> how it reflects to the car world because two great movies. At least when you're a car guy, you always refer to the cars that you see in movies. And sure. can you remember the Grandpa? The, the Grandpa had a 1957 Ford Fairlane retractable hardtop. The only other movie. Let's I, go to town. Yeah, the only the only other movie to use that great car. Sorry. Look, is it? They make an off button. I'm, okay. Well, I was. It's a lot. Anyway, they make a great movie called Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay, yeah, where that movie. is his. Car- well, That's it, a wonderful film. It's kind of. It's fun. not quite as. It's not quite as as great as his other film, Brain Smasher, a love story. <laughs> the only good thing about Ford Fairlane was the soundtrack. That was, had a great soundtrack. Terrible movie. Well, I now come on. My wife, for the very first time, caught the old Rodney Dangerfield special that's on HBO every right. once in a while. Right. And I, I the young comedian her, special. Exactly. Yeah. I sat her down. I'm like, you gotta watch. This is Andrew Dice Clay. He was huge. And of course, my wife's you know knee jerk reaction is, this is when you were a kid, right? Because yeah. I'm 12 years older than my wife. And of course, she looks at me and just you know, as this guy starts going through his thing with the hickory dickory doc. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she didn't think it was all that. Uh, you funny. know, I never found Andrew Dice Clay funny. I'll tell you that right now. You never me ever either. never ever ever never ever. And I'm not, I'm no prude, uh, but he just said I never found that guy funny ever. And you know, the, the the thing about it is, you see him interview when he's not in character. Like you see him interviewed as just Andrew Clay or whatever his real name is, Andrew Fitzsimmons, or <laughs> uh, you know, and he seems like a pretty intelligent sort of normal guy. But but his whole thing was just creating that he kind of got trapped by that persona. I remember. Do you remember when Andrew Dice Clay got banned for life from MTV? Yeah. He also remember when he did his. Uh, he got a reality show for a little while. He it did. Was, yeah. I don't know where that obviously didn't do. And then he had a terrible sitcom with Kathy Moriarty called Bless This House. I was. Uh-huh. I think growing up, it was like you were. You know, it's like you were either Megadeth or Metallica. You're Blur or Oasis. You're Stern or Imus. Growing up, it, it, at least me and my friends, it was. It was you were either Dice Clay or Kinnison. Uh, and I, you know, and I was such a Sam Kinison fan, and right or wrong, I always thought that Dice was just such a huge ripoff of Kinison, and that's why I couldn't ever, I could never get with him. Well, definitely so. on the hierarchy of late '80 comics, I mean, Kinison was definitely the, the the top rung of the ladder. But Absolutely. Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay was good for at least when you were drinking a six pack, and maybe a couple other uh, alternative substances was almost as funny. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> All right. Going back to Lost Boys, that car, the 57 retractable hardtop. You guys were talking about Lost Boys in the first part of the show. and yes. I got, That is definitely an iconic movie of all the things that go on. It holds up. It really does. I didn't think it would. But you know what? You know why Lost Boys holds up is because they don't take it too seriously. And Kiefer Sutherland's hot. And he, i got to tell you, Keith or He's Kiefer a beautiful man. That's He's what a every, good-looking I mean, man. Talk to any lady. That's one of his most beautiful roles. Yeah. With him with the blonde hair and on the motorcycle and, like, all... Crazy and you know, he was really good. i got to tell you, putting on my chick hat for a moment, he uh, he was really good looking in Stand By Me, too. You watch Stand By Me where he plays, what's his name, Ace? Um, yeah, the older the older brother. He the was man. the leader of the gang. He's good oh. when he's playing the ass. Yeah, when he was, you know, he played a good bad guy. He really did. He was, I like a, it. was he in Sleepers, too? No. He wasn't? Wait. No, he wasn't in Sleepers. He was in A Few Good Men. He was not on A Few Good Men. <laughs> No, he good man, fat and bald. No, he was in Sleepers because wasn't he one of the guys that that was the movie where they made themselves die to create the dreams? No, 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 no. That's no, 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 no. You're thinking of Flatliners. Flat he was in Flatliners flat line with Julia. Today's a good day to die. That's what you're that's thinking a of. Really Flatliners. Yeah, that was a good corny movie. ending. Good movie though. Yeah. That's a good movie. Somehow we brought our sins back with us. Yeah. It's a terrible film, but it's pretty great. <laughs> no, he was not hot in A Few Good Men, uh, but pretty much everywhere else, he's. Uh, he was also in this terrible he movie. He was not hot in Freeway. Oh, now you're right. Especially when he's all deformed. He was also in this movie with a terrible movie with Keanu Reeves called The Brotherhood of Justice, which was like an awful film from about 86, uh, where he just, yeah, he's just a big tool. But you Stand By Me, that really was the, 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 he, the that mold. Because so, even on 24, which I don't really watch all that much, but on 24, he's kind of an anti-hero, you know, where he's a good guy, but he's kind of a bad guy. He's like a Han Solo. You know, where he, like he, like, uh, on uh, on 24, it's like he's a bad guy, but in the name of justice. Yeah, he'll you know, kinda... like, like he's a he, he's a cop, but he has to play fast and lose with the rules sometimes. He's kind of a Captain Kirk. You know, he'll push the guy with the red shirt you don't know the name of in front of the bullet. Yeah, exactly. So he'll get to the good stuff. Uh, so you're driving the Viper. What else? Uh, what else you got? Well, uh, we're having our uh, little uh, annual kickoff. It's NASCAR season, and uh, I know that you're glued to the television every Sunday for NASCAR racing. I'm sure. So anyway, what? Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, we're obviously a big NASCAR fan on the Miles Round Show, and we've got a little dig going out this weekend. It's on MilesRound.com. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on this weekend. We've got this MTX walkthrough van. The project vehicle is going to be there. I have the Viper there. I got a lot of my sponsors out there. Just have a good time. It's Saturday night from five to seven, and uh, then we're going to head down to um, we're going to head down to uh, the Cowgirls, uh, American Cowgirls, because Emerson Starship is opening for the band <laughs> I booked for um, our listener party on August twenty third. Appetite for deception. Deception, excellent. So, and that's when? Uh, well, that is August 23rd. Is American Cowgirls the one where they dance on the counter and hang from the little strap things? I have no, I've never been there. I'm only Strap going. things, like in a subway? Yeah, there's some bar, like trashy bar here where like the girls are all Oh, it's like a coyote ugly. They, yeah, and they like dance on the bar and they swing from like straps on the They're all slutted up. I have no idea. I'm just going there. It's my wife's birthday. She wanted to go someplace fun where there was rock and roll. So I you picked a place. <laughs> totally. So you picked a place where there's slutted up girls shaking it on the counter. I gotta be me. Talking about a little more. All right. Dennis Pittenbarger, Miles Around, Saturdays, 9 to 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Saddest part of the broadcast today, final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, damn it, I didn't do the Glorious Bastard of the Week. No time. We'll do it tomorrow.
right here. Don't worry. You're still the winner. If you were the winner today, you're still the winner tomorrow. So tomorrow, glorious bastard of the week, uh, and a final pair of Rush tickets tomorrow. Tomorrow, a final pair of tickets to see Rush at the, the Amphitheater, Clark County. Dennis Pitts and Margaret. The website is milesaround.com. Milesaround.com. Saturdays 9 to 11. Excellent. Preceded by Car and Driver. And then the tasting room by Mr. Likas. Uh, let's see here. Real quickly, let's get uh, we got like a minute here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What do you got? Hey, how you doing, Rick? What do you got, brother? Hey, I just uh, think it'd be kind of cool to have Dennis pop in every Monday and give us a little update on the races, uh, a little quick calling. you got a lot of race fans in the area and might even get Baxter or somebody on board to start popping the show. So just a thought. Best show ever. All right, thank yeah. you. Bye now. Bye. Final call of the day. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up? What do you got? Hey, uh, Dennis. Uh, is Dennis the guy that, that manages the mile, miles around uh, MySpace? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, so, so you did see uh, the picture I sent of oh. for Paul Newman. Yes, if this is the guy who put it up, you know my loathing for Paul Newman. Yeah, okay, yeah. apparently I'm, you are a god, sir, because on the cover of Inquirer, I believe, they have a picture of Paul Newman, and he is dying. <laughs> I love it. So, that makes my, I mean, you the, made my entire day. That's the, Dennis, 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 Pitt, that's Dennis Pitsenberger saying that, by the way. Just it's, making sure that was your eyes that saw it. The other thing, the, 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 the Viper you're driving, is it an ACR? Uh, no, it is not the ACR. He, the one Rick is talking about is the ACR, which is the one that has the splitter. Ah, got it. Because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Dodge SRT track experience here in March, and I'll be rolling the Viper on the track. So. Oh, buddy, you're going ex- <laughs> to It's a, uh, it is an experience in uh, self-preservation. Huh? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I sorry. Uh, we want to thank Dennis. People do listen to me once in a while. That's Pittsburgher. Miles around Saturdays, 9 to 11. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Steve Kastenbaum and Lisa Desjardins. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, from Film Fever Radio. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today, David David, the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio, proud part of the CBS Radio family. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, Bridget from upstairs is our imageress and webmistress, and of course, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Don't cross her ever. Uh, see you all tomorrow. Like us next. Like us 101 at 5, Donna Mike at 7. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Crystal ball on. Oh, damn it.